And we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Fresh Air Podcast, man. Sorry for the delay there, man. I had some audio issues, but we fixed it. So let's do this thing again. All right, we're here with the Top G, baby. All the way from producer. Romania, live. Let's Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, and we're back. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Fresh Fit Podcast, man. We're here with the top G himself, Andrew <laughs> fucking Tate. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty cool nickname. You have to admit, Top G is a pretty gangster nickname. <laughs> yeah, sorry for that, guys. Yeah. As you guys know, we're here live in Romania, man. It's another studio, different equipment. So Tate boy, Studio. Yeah, it's Tate Studio. So I got to get, uh, you know, uh, acquainted and, you know, move some things around so that we can go ahead and give you guys the best broadcast we can. But uh, shout out to Andrew for letting us use this fantastic studio here well, in I'm Romania. I'm glad you came. You know, yeah. I feel like I put Romania on the map. Before me, who came to Romania? Yeah, nobody. nobody. Now you got this guy, that guy, <laughs> influencer this, influencer that, podcasters. Everyone's like, fuck it. Tate, Tate's out there. Let's go check it out. But so I, I will say, though, being here in person, you got you and Tristan, bro, it's a real deal, holy feel. The cars, the lifestyle, the girls, everything, the money, it's all real, guys, 100%. Good, man. That's good to hear. Because yeah, <laughs> we, had, we, had, we still had the odd crazy person going, you ain't getting any pussy. I'm like, bro. If they ain't fucking me, who they fucking you? <laughs> They're fucking you? <laughs> Brokey? Please. Yeah, please. No, big facts, oh, man. man. So um, I'm not even going to make announcements. I'm just going to tell you guys real quick. Um, we're only going to, you know, read 50 and, uh, up super chats, probably 100 if they come in later on. Yeah. Uh, but we want to make sure that we get you guys the best interview with your boy, Andrew Tate, man. It's real. I'm really happy to have him here on Fresh of Fit, man. You guys probably remember back, what, damn near, what, year and a half, almost two years ago now when we first had him on. And he's blown up since we got a lot to talk about. So. Yep. Uh, every single chat's going to be shown on screen. However, we're only going to read 
50 and up from this point right now, and then potentially 100 and up later on. So, um, Andrew, man, welcome to the podcast. We're so happy to have you. Um, can you, for the people that don't know or been living under a rock the past like six months or so, can you introduce them to who you are? <laughs> yeah, my name is Andrew Tate, four-time kickboxing world champion, multimillionaire and all-around nice guy. Was at one time the most Googled man on the planet for basically saying that water is wet. I told the truth about the world. And for some reason, in a world of absolute insanity, that offended the very vocal minority of psychopaths, which run the internet. And I was canceled, which is the largest weapon that they hold against people who try and shift the narrative and tell the truth. So they loaded up their gun. They attempted to destroy me. And just like every other time in my life, when someone has attempted to destroy me, I emerge victorious. Aikido. It's like Steven Seagal. You try and shoot him, but it's like he Aikido's it. And then he gets the gun off him. You know, them, you know them ones. That's like my life story. So they tried to cancel me thinking that we're going to delete him from all of the internet. And then we're going to lie about him. This is what they do. They deleted all my social media profiles. And as soon as I couldn't reply, within seconds, large newspapers and media outlets started lying about me en masse and they tried to shift public sentiment and convince the world that I'm a bad person. They have failed. And here I am on fresh and fit. So I emerged victorious and harder to kill than ever before. And the matrix loses matrix zero Tate one. And uh, if the battle's just begun, I hope it continues to go this way because it's very, very difficult to hurt me. Now they've done the best they can do. And you know, it's funny. Everyone has met Andrew and Tristan in person. I've never heard a negative comment once, which is crazy girls and guys. So and, and that's good to say. And it's also for me, right? When they were lying about me in the media and telling the whole world I was the most evil person ever, I couldn't go anywhere without meeting fans. Everyone loves me. I meet. It's just an extremely vocal minority of people who are going to pretend I'm somehow evil and disliked. Everybody understands I'm telling the truth and nobody dislikes me at all, except for a small group of people that I don't want to fucking talk to. <laughs> and anybody with a brain doesn't want to talk to. These people are fucking weird. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I believe in God and God knows the truth of my heart. Me and him are on the same side. We're on the same mission, God and I. I'm his number one angel, one of his favorite soldiers. God's favorite. God's favorite. And when you're God's favorite, you sometimes you have to fight the fight the demons. You have to march through the you have to go through the battle. That's what God wants of you, right? There's demons amongst earth. He sent his favorite angel, Andrew Tate himself, to come down here and slay them. So here I fucking am. And <laughs> and I and I'm ready for all the fucking flack that comes with it. I, I I'm a soldier of God. So so here's the thing, I guess, because a lot of people don't know you, Andrew. They think like, oh, like this guy's just some like crazy, weird, ostentatious individual from London, Luton, you know, kickboxing, whatever. They don't really understand your backstory and your struggle and how you became the man that you are today. Can you give them a quick little summary of what led to this belief system that you have and your upbringing? Yeah, absolutely. My belief system is very, very simple. It's based on results, right? It's based on competency. The things I believe and the way I view the world and the mindset I've adopted has been created to be the most effective version of a mindset, which is going to allow me to perform. It's like the software you install within yourself. I've installed an operating system, which allows me to perform at the absolute highest levels. It doesn't matter whether they're trying to cancel me. It doesn't matter whether people are trying to kill me. It doesn't matter when even, even the cancellation, right? I don't give a shit about losing my social media, but when you start getting lied about in the media on mass and your family's being threatened and news reporters are calling your ex-girlfriends, offering them bribes to lie about you, and they're trying to get you in serious criminal trouble for things you haven't done, that's a huge level of stress. These people are genuinely fucking demonic. They're evil in what they do to people like me who are completely innocent. And the mindset I have to deal with all these things is a software I've installed that allows me to deal with huge amounts of pressure. Because whether it's fighting or anything else, I've always had a very pressure-filled life. And that's why I think the way I think, because it allows me to perform the way I perform. And my performance is obviously doing me very, very well in life. So I would never adopt any other type of mindset. I think that how successful you are in life isn't usually linked to IQ. You can be stupid and successful. 
And it's certainly linked to energy levels. But one of the most important things that's going to link, that's going to determine how successful you are in life is how much stress you can adopt. The more stress you can adopt, the more problems you're solving. And I tell you now, 99% of the people watching this stream would collapse under 5% of the daily bullshit I deal with every yeah. single fucking day. You guys have been here. I'm either at the desk, yeah. at a meeting, running back and forth, on the phone, dealing with millions and millions of dollars and bullshit that is, it never ends. And the more stress you can adopt, the more successful you're going to be. And I'm just that guy. And, and, and I've been that guy my whole life. I'm that guy. That everyone who knows me, all my family, every woman I know, uh, they all come to me with their problems. They throw their shit on top of my shit. I'm just a problem solver. It's just who I've always been. And if you want to be that person, you have to have a certain mindset. And that's what my mindset is. It's it's, it's not even about, well, this is what's interesting. It's not even about truth. And I know that sounds crazy. It's not so much of me looking and going, what's true? It's more about me believing in what I need to believe to be as successful as possible. I understand that it's truthful that if somebody shoots me with a gun, I'm probably going to die. But I will not believe that because I don't think that's advantageous to me. I believe it's advantageous for me to say, go on, then fucking shoot me. I guarantee you you're dead. I guarantee you I ain't going to die and I'm coming for you. And if I truly believe it, I think it gives me a better chance. Mm -hmm. That's just who I am. I only believe and say and think the things that give me as much power as humanly possible. That's just the guy I am. Mm -hmm. So um, you had 70 plus professional fights. Correct. And before every single one of those fights, you were always worried and like, because you could potentially lose your life in there. Absolutely. How much did that prepare you for the bullshit that you're going through in life right <laughs> now? Because I don't think people can understand the amount of pressure that you've been under. I've, I've understood it. I understand it because it happened to us to a level, to a, to a lower level, right? Where we were internationally getting hated, hated on again, death threats every single day. So I know exactly where we're coming from, taking your TikTok clips and, you know, putting out of context, making you, spinning you out to be, but you came from a background where you, you could die. When yep. you went to work. Yep. So how much did that prepare you for the bullshit that you're dealing with now? Yeah, absolutely. It, it is a nice sobering experience to look around you and go, okay, am I under, an, am I, on, am I in physical danger? And if the answer is no, it's very difficult for me to feel anything at all. Yeah. Uh, with this cancellation, it got to a point where the answer was yes. Crazies were coming to here. Bro, crazies were flying to Romania. Do you know, much, do you know how many balls you need to fly to Romania and come to my house? Yeah. Wow. We had to wave guns in people's faces, bro. It was crazy. And members of my family were getting threatened. And in, in clown world America and England, they, they're, a bunch of people were trying to find random people with my last name and turn up their, their door. It was true, genuine insanity. So at one point, it thought, I thought, mm, this is actually going to affect my physical safety. I cared a little bit more. But yeah, I'm cool under pressure because I've literally had people try and hurt me for a large period of my life. I still have people trying to hurt me today. And it's just a normal operating procedure. It just is, it is how it is. And yeah, without the actual threat of physical violence, when there's not someone in the room trying to kill me, it's very easy for me to just to calm down and say, cool, let's get the problem solved. So Yeah, and they always say God's not going to give you a test that you can't handle. And um, and I would say you're probably one of the most fit people to deal with this, man, uh, going with, through what you've experienced. Well, it's been – you know what's funny? I, I truly believe that no matter what bad happens to anybody in their life, no matter how much they're upset at the time, you will always look back and be glad it happened. And even with the mass cancellation, obviously I lost 4.7 million. I was getting 200,000 Instagram followers a day. Yeah. 4.7 million I had, and I had mass reach and I was super famous. I had all these accounts. And when you get banned, it's hard to sit and think this is good. Mm -hmm. But here I am a month later and it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. It allowed me to get global consciousness for long enough to dispel all the bullshit rumors. Yeah. It allowed me to move over to a platform where I can speak freely. 
It allowed me to rumble. Get, yeah, rumble. That's where I am now. Rumble.com slash Tate speech. It's a uh, subscribe I, guys. I, I've, re I've replaced my followers within less than a month. It's woken up people to exactly how uh, tyrannical the matrix is and proved me right. And everything I've been saying for a very long time about how they're trying to control narratives and shut down speech. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to God. And you're right. He doesn't give you battles. You cannot handle. And also to a degree, he knows what's better for, he knows what's good for you. God knows what's good for me. And he's like, all right, Tate, we're going to take your accounts away. Sorry, a little bit less Instagram pussy for now. <laughs> but you're going to be big on Rumble. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And here I am. Myra and I were talking on the podcast, man. And it's funny because we said in that room, if anybody was to do with this pressure, they would quit right away. But you, only you could do with this, bro. So kudos to you for staying strong because this is not easy at all. Well, thank you. And and that's what they wanted me to do. They wanted me to quit and be demotivated. And I'll make it clear now. I've been massively successful on my new platform, Rumble. But even if I had one subscriber, I would be posting just like before podcasts, just like before I'm indefatigable. I do not give up. I do not get tired. I do not quit. That's what they want. That's what the enemy wants from me. They want to try and win a war of attrition. They want to wear me down and hope I quit and give up and go, oh, I'm not getting any traction now. I don't have YouTube. This is going to be hard, et cetera. I am not that guy. I'm not that guy. I'm the guy who keeps going. And if you're truly indefatigable in life, and perspicacious, that's my favorite saying, the one I say all the time, unmatched perspicacity coupled with sheer indefatigability makes me a feared opponent in any realm of human endeavor. It's absolutely and utterly true. If you pay attention to the things that are happening around you and you do not quit, you will be a dangerous opponent in any realm of human endeavor. It doesn't matter what you try and do. Cancel me. Fucking cancel me. Cancel me again. Do it again. It ain't going to change anything. I'm a man who lives true to God and says what he means and means what he says. And I know the things I say are good for society and good for the world. I didn't put a fucking magic spell on anybody. The reason people listen to me is because they like what I say and they know that I'm telling the truth. That's the reason I'm here. And I'm going to continue to do that. And there's nothing anybody can fucking do about it. Well, I can say this, bro. Life view has not stopped, bro. Cars are still here. House is still here. It's lit. Don Living DeMarco good. Ran. Living good. <laughs> now, I want to I transition that over because, again, and this really bothers me because the people, a lot of people that interviewed you don't know you. Facts. You know, we, we, we know you. So, uh, and they're trying to, you know, say some stupid shit or ask questions to try to trip you up, whatever. I know you're uh, a chess player. I have a chess player. Yeah. And right now, what I'm seeing going on, and we know some things behind the scenes which we're not going to talk about on air. Yeah. But right now, it seems as though you're playing chess against the world is really what it is. Mm -hmm. that, and, that's the, and that's the game. But I'll tell you why. Yeah, go ahead. Because in every single battle, there has to be somebody who charges at the front and perhaps takes the most flack. And perhaps it's the most dangerous to charge in at the front. And that's what I'm doing. And everyone's like, why is Tate involved in this battle? Why is he taking so much shit? Tate has all this money. He could just go on a yacht with a bunch of bitches and run around with a bunch of cars and just have fun. I could do that. The reason I'm doing this is because I believe this war is coming to absolutely every single one of us. You have two choices as a man. You either realize the truth about reality and understand how the matrix is suppressing you and affecting your mind. Mm. You either wake up and you are now in battle against the matrix itself, or you accept the programming. When you accept the programming, the battle doesn't end because you're, now you're in a battle against your own mind. If you believe the shit they want that they want you to believe, you're unhappy, you're depressed, you're miserable. So you're either fighting against yourself inside of your own mind, living in some semi-depressed state, sitting on the internet, fucking talking complete bullshit in these liberal hate mobs, or you understand the truth about what's happening and you're in the war against the matrix. Mm -hmm. You can't escape this fight. Everybody watching this is in this fight. I'm in this fight. You're in this fight. We're all in this fight. Yeah. The war is here. When the battle turns up at your front fucking door, you can't just cower. Someone has to fight. So yeah, maybe I'm at the front, but I'm also in a unique position to handle that. One, because of the stress. Second, because of the finances. Third, because I'm hard to hurt. So I feel like it's my duty to God. I'm not going to sit here and tell people, listen, accept the bullshit they want you to believe. Sit at home, semi-depressed, take your Adderall, be 
a little fucking dork and then the matrix is going to be happy with you because that is there's no happiness in that you can't avoid this battle you're just going to end up in a battle with your own fucking head you're going to have to fight to all the men watching this you are going to fight somebody at some point either the matrix or your fucking self choose i refuse to turn on myself mm. i'm not going to be the guy who turns on myself and makes an enemy out of my own fucking mind no sir me and every single thing every single thing inside of me is on the same team and and when the enemy appears then it's on if it's on it's on that's the game yeah and um i talked about this how now more than ever we need to protect each other like if you make content like this where you're teaching guys how to become better versions of themselves get money get girls but get more confidence whatever it may be the mainstream media labels that as toxic content that is you know destructive to young men when in reality all you're doing is teaching guys how the world really works and that there is a competition out there whether you want to accept it or not we live in a clown world now where we tell young men oh no it's okay you don't have to compete participation trophies or whatever and i've always said it the only people that can benefit from not participating or not competing so to speak are women because they can go ahead and be pretty and find another guy you're not going to be able to do that as a man that's a privilege that's reserved for women mediocrity is only for women now if a girl wants to be successful i always say it's elective for a man it's mandatory and i think uh you've done a great job of letting guys know yo there is a burden of performance and you need to be excellent completely the kings of old wanted eunuchs so the kings of old what they do is when they were away at war and stuff they had to have men around to look after their chicks but they didn't want their chicks getting fucked so they got eunuchs right so you got a guy he chopped his balls off and you had some dude with no balls who's a eunuch he was technically a man but he basically sat there ballessly and did everything he wanted to do and your bitches were safe around him because he wasn't going to fuck them and that's what the old emperors wanted the emperors of today want the same thing they want eunuchs they want you to go to work and they want you to pay your taxes, but they don't want you to think for yourself or have any balls or have any true ambition or open your mind or resist slave mind programming. They don't want any of that. They want you to just sit there like a fucking eunuch and you have to decide, mm -hmm. am I going to chop my balls off or am I not? That's a decision every single individual needs to make. And I decided absolutely not, really not to. And I do, and I know that I could disappear and just down a hole of hedonism. I could disappear into a black hole of degeneracy and not even fight this war. A lot of people don't understand that I don't need to be doing the shit I'm doing. I have a very, very good life and I'm taking genuine risks to do it. But I also understand that my unique positioning means that it would be disingenuous for me as an individual of honor and integrity to not stand up and fight when I know that I'm in a position to fight when most people can't. Most people can't say this shit I say because they're going to lose their fucking jobs. Yep. I've just been canceled. I still have hundreds of millions of dollars. Now what? You can't, they can't hurt me on that level. So I feel like I have a genuine duty to do it. And, and, and the only alternative at my level of life is endless hedonism. That's the only alternative. And I think a lot of people, especially before they're successful, like the idea of an endless hedonistic life. And let me explain something to the world. Certain things are black holes. Money is a black hole to a degree. You Numbers go forever. If you're going to say, I need money to be happy, it goes up forever. You're going to need a new number every day. You're never going to be happy. Mm -hmm. Pussy goes forever. I want to fuck pussy. I want to fuck pussy. You can fuck 3,000 women a week. You're not fucking all the pussy. Yeah. Like the certain things are just black holes and it's just so much energy and time will go into that black hole and it feels utterly and utterly wasted. And my mindset now is I have certain needs that must be met. Sure. I must make X amount a million each week because I have needs that must be met. Sure. I must fuck X amount of bitches. Just like I must eat enough food and drink enough water. Those are needs that must be met. But outside of that, you need a higher purpose and a higher vision. And my purpose is to wake people up and make them feel good about themselves. I don't want the whole entire population of the West unicked and cucked. I don't think that's beneficial for the world. So I'm trying to do the absolute opposite. Yeah, and I think yeah. you got something fresh. No, I'm just going to say the worst part is that like, let's say they cancel us, right? What's the alternative? Soul boys and I want to say the F word? 
Bro, it's not, there's no other alternative, bro. It's just it's chaos. Well, that's and that's what they want. This is what's so hypocritical about them, right? They talk about men's mental health and caring about how men feel and how men think. The fact that I have such a large following and you guys have such a large following shows that our mindset is really not that unique. There's a lot of people who yes. agree with us. Yeah. There's a lot of people who agree with us, right? Behind the scenes too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people who agree with us. And that means that we deserve a voice. And if they truly cared about men's mental health, they'd be trying to propagate us out there in the world and saying, look, these guys have a point of view and maybe people align with their point of view. And that's what they would do if they're genuinely fair and non-tyrannical, but they don't care about men's mental health. They don't give a shit about you. Men, you need to understand that you are the backbone of the slave force. You always have been. You're the men who are going to die in a war. You're the men who are going to build the roads, build, dig the trenches. Nobody gives a fuck how you feel about it. You're the backbone of the slave force. And they don't give a shit about you doing anything other than using your time and using your energy and using your life force to, to, to advance their, their civilizations. But the second you have a point of view, you're not allowed to stand up and say it. No, shut the fuck up. Go dig the trench again. Then go home to your sexless wife and, and your kids who don't care about you. You, it, it's truly, it's truly amazing where we talk about the differences between men and women, but one of the largest differences is the societal view of how a man and woman are. The society looks at men and just thinks of us as workhorses. That's what we are. We always have been, and we still are to this day. And the workhorse isn't allowed to talk. Chicks are allowed to talk. We talk about chicks' mental health all day long. Ah, oh, poor women, poor women. Yeah, poor chicks. And I'm not saying that women don't face struggles, but I'm not a woman. I'm a man. So I can talk about the struggles that men face because those are the struggles that I've lived through. I know them. I, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the struggles of women. There's plenty of women who already do that. But a second a man stands up and says, no, this is how certain men feel. This is how you fix it. This is how you deal with it. Because that's what I've been saying all along. I've been saying it's very difficult as life as a man. You don't get to just get pussy. You got to be a G. You got to get out there and you got to make yourself. You got to do it. It's not, it's not easy. It's very, very hard. Mm -hmm. I've been telling the truth about these things and they just want to shut me up. They want their eunuchs. They don't want people to, to strap their balls back on. Yeah. yeah. That's and, and, uh, Hey, have you ever used cheapo air for years? And I really like it with cheapo air. You can book online, use their app or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. <laughs> Don DeMarco, man. <laughs> I, I told y'all we were going to bring you guys the heat, man. We're to, we're, Yoga we're, fire. Yeah, we're not going to sit here. The rants will continue, baby. And one of the best rants ever that you gave about toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't want to rant too much. So I was like, no, keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah. And then that rant ended up being epic and everyone clipped it. And, you know, and toxic masculinity is a fucking lie. But um, since you touched on uh, men's mental health, these fucking idiots, man, they've been trying to misconstrue what you say for the past year or so yeah. when you about the quote, depression isn't real and they've been trying to interpret it in other ways to kind of make you look like a crazy person as usual yeah. putting things out of context can you give people the definitive like what what you really mean when you say that we know but the audience yeah. may not absolutely i i said at the beginning of this stream i do not believe in things that take away power from me i only believe in things that make me more powerful as an individual yeah. now i cannot deny that feeling depressed is real because every single human on the per planet sometimes feels depressed feeling depressed is real but being a depressive or having depression is something else I accept that if I do feel depressed or I do feel sad or I do feel negative, which is actually very rare for me, but if it does ever happen, I understand I'm human and it's the emotion I'm going through and it will pass. People who have depression believe that they have a disease that can't be fixed and can't be cured. You are handing your power away. You're giving your power to an outside source and you're saying that I have no control over this. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. You need to at least believe you have some degree of control. Mm -hmm. When I say depression isn't real, I'm not saying you don't feel depressed. I'm saying that you can fix it. 
It's not a disease that you caught from the sky. You can fix it by taking control of your own mind. Listen, I'll tell you right now, I don't know how to fly a plane. I don't know. But if I was in a plane and it was crashing and I was sitting in the pilot's chair, I would still hold on to the fucking gear stick or joystick or whatever it's fucking called. I'd hold on to it and try and move. Even though I don't know what I'm doing, I'd try and get some control over the scenario. I'm not going to give up and put my hands in the air and crash into a mountain. I would try and do something. I'm not the guy who relinquishes all his control to outside forces. I believe I have a lot of control and power within myself. So when I speak to depressed people, and they sit there and say, no, you don't understand. I have depression, I have depression, I have depression. You are one, hypnotizing yourself to believe you have it. One, yeah. mm-hmm. two, giving a bunch of power to this outside source instead of believing the power inside of yourself. And three, not just being realistic enough to know that I feel a certain way and I feel this way because of my life circumstances. And if I change my life circumstances, perhaps my mindset might change. And and that's why I say depression isn't real. The worst things on the planet could happen to me. I refuse to be a depressed person. I may be, I may feel depressed for a day, or I may feel depressive for a few hours, but I will never be a depressed person. I'm not the guy who walks with his fucking head down. I'm yeah. the guy who walks with my shoulders back and my chin up high. That's who I am as an individual, and I absolutely not refuse to change. And I cannot catch depression. All these people out here saying that depression is a disease. I can't fucking catch it. I'm immune. Because I'm living life. They're trying to attack me with everything they can. I can't catch depression. It's never happened. Never fucking will. And I stand by that. I, another thing that's really important. I say this all the time. Nearly every word that comes out of my mouth is self-hypnosis. Every word that comes out of my mouth is self-hypnosis. And it's the same for everybody watching this. Every single word you speak is self-hypnosis. Every single thing you say out of your own mouth is almost more important than the things you hear from other people. Amen. You can't be sitting there saying, I'm depressed. Uh, I got a generational curse. I'm unlucky, bro. You can't be saying these things because you're reaffirming them within your mind. I don't do that. And as many people are going to sit there and say, Tate, you're delusional. You're a narcissist. You go through the world saying you're super lucky and that you're, you're bulletproof and you can do all these crazy things. It's impossible for you to be depressed. You're a narcissist. Perhaps look at my life and look at yours. Yep. So let's talk about it from, let's look at it in pure metrics. Who's more, who came from a worse scenario at the start? Who had a worse background? Me. Who's now more successful? Me. Who's happier? Me. Who smiles more? Me. Who sleeps easy at night? Me. Why the fuck would I want to think like you? If, if, if thinking this way makes me a bad person, but I get fucking fantastic results from my entire life and everybody close to me gets fantastic results from knowing me and everybody close to me absolutely adores me. Why would I want to adopt your thinking and be a sad fucking sack of shit sitting on the internet trying to cancel people like a dork? I don't want to be, I don't want to be my enemies. There's not a single enemy I have that I'm remotely envious of in any regard. Every single one of them has a shit life and a shit existence. Mm -hmm. I already won. God's already punished them. God's already rewarded me. I know these things. I'm the luckiest man on the planet. It's, you have to say these things and you have to truly believe them. There's power in the tongue. And we've helped so many men get out, get out of depression have relationships that are fruitful and uh, eventful, have a good life as well, and even make money as well. And it's funny, the opposition hasn't done any of that. All they do is talk, complain, oh, this and that. But we've actually helped men become better men. And I feel like that's a, a cornerstone. Oh, completely. They haven't, the opposition to our side are the most hateful, negative people on the planet. And what they'll do is they'll try and use their attacks and they'll, they'll fake virtue, right? So with yeah. me, when they attacked me, he's a misogynist. We care about women. Have any of you done any charitable acts for women ever? Nope. Have any of you? Like, what women do you fucking ugly, overweight people even know? No, you don't even know any chicks. Like all the chicks who know, all the chicks who know me are riding around on private jets, sitting on fucking super yachts. They love me. All the girls who come out of my defense are objectively beautiful. These people are sitting there going, "We care about women so much, we want to cancel Tate." They don't give a single fuck about women. They are weaponizing virtue, false virtue, to try and find a way to attack me. Because how else can they? They can't call me broke. They can't call me stupid. Can't call me uh, weak. 
They can't call me unhappy. They're sitting there, all of those things. So all they can do is try and pretend I'm a bad person when I'm not. So they weaponize false virtue. And it's true. If you actually look at these people who are on the opposite side, you look at these liberals and these weirdos, none of them, genuinely, none of them are good people. They're not good people. They don't, they, they, they attack people nonstop. They start hate mobs nonstop. They're constantly trying to get people canceled and destroys people's lives for no reason. They're protesting, burning things. Like they're not even just good human beings, these people. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely and utterly insane. And they're a very vocal minority of the earth. That's another thing I think we forget when we're on the internet all the time. You think the world's all liberal. They're a vocal minority. The majority of people are semi-sensible. The majority of people love their family and they want to have a good, peaceful life and they want to be the man of the house and they want to go out and work and come home and be respected and looked after and all the things we talk about. It's only a very small minority of people who actually think the way these fucking psychos think, but they're in an echo chamber online and they have these ma- this mass power. It's absolutely not really crazy. It's insanity. Yeah. I want to say this real quick, too, because um, people look at depression. I, I tend to look at things from a half full perspective versus a half empty perspective. And the thing is, is they look at depression and be like, oh, this is terrible, whatever. Well, guys got to understand that as a man, sometimes you're going to feel depression because you aren't achieving what you're supposed to achieve. Depression, a lot of times, is a natural byproduct of your mediocrity. And you got to look at it like, damn, I need to do better. But instead, we sit there, make them feel better for their mediocrity and tell them, no, 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 something's wrong with you. It's not the fact that you're fat loser no one respects you you don't want to get a job and you smoke pot every day no 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 no. let's get rid of that word accountability it's because the outside is the problem it's not your fault and we live in a crazy world nowadays where we have the uh, the luxury of telling people you don't have to be accountable for your poor decisions and you don't deserve the bad consequences that come from your poor decisions and guys listen there's two ways to react to depression you can either be sad and complain about it and get mad at people like andrew and be like oh my god he's insulting people that have depression Or you could look at your reality, what's going on, realize, damn, am I really performing the way I should? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And the answer is no. Then you need to, you got some fucking work to do. The problem is that people don't want to do the work. Completely. Do you deserve to be happy? Genuinely, every single person watching this, go look in the mirror after this stream, go into the bathroom, look in the mirror. Do you deserve to be happy? Look yourself in the eye. The answer is probably fucking not. You don't deserve it. When, When you're hungry. It's your body telling you you need to eat some food. That's fine. You react to that. When you're depressed, your body's telling you you need to change your life. And if you're feeling that for long periods of time and then not changing your life, well, you don't deserve to be happy. You don't deserve it. Everything in life that is valuable must be earned. Peace of mind must be earned. Happiness must be earned. I'm happy because I earn it. I get to be top G. Of course, I'm fucking happy. I'm me. When I look at the lives of people who tell me they're depressed, I look at them and think, you know what? If I was you... I'd be fucking depressed. If I was you, (laughs) I'd be depressed. So of course you're depressed because your life is shit. But whose fault is that? that? You have to take some personal responsibility for it. And what they'll do is they'll try and outsource it. Well, I had a bad star or this happened to me. That happened to me. World ain't fair. Suck it up, buttercup. Shit happens to everybody. I could sit here and be an unsuccessful piece of shit. And I got 10 stories to tell you why I have excuses to do exactly that. And here I am top G. So that's life. That's life. You have to get shit done. So yeah, if you live a depressive life, you're going to feel depressed. If you lived my life, you wouldn't feel depressed. So now you know what to fucking do. Now you're either going to sit up, get up and do it. Or you're going to sit there and stay depressed. And that's why these people are so desperate to defend the idea that depression can't be solved. When you tell the world that depression can't be solved, what you're doing is absolving yourself from all responsibility. I no longer have to stand up and work hard and try and be something because it doesn't matter how hard I work because I'll be depressed anyway. They know that's a lie. They're just trying to fake. They're, they're being ignorant on purpose to avoid the doing the hard work. That's all it really is. And also, you can't complain when your habits make you depressed. For example, you doing porn every single day. Guess what? You get more depressed. You smoking weed all day. You get more depressed. So like these habits that you want to adapt and change. Yes, you have to change them because if you don't change them, you're going to stay depressed. So my thing is don't complain. I keep these same habits up, change the habits, and then 
you won't be depressed anymore. So that's and, what it is. And I want to make this very clear. I've always said it. Money doesn't buy happiness, but it's a damn good down payment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you're able to get out there and make some goddamn money, get in the gym, take care of yourself, whatever, you're going to lower your uh, the chances of you being depressed. Most of you guys that are sad, I'm depressed or whatever. It comes from your inadequacy. Are there people out there that are clinically depressed that actually have mental issues? Yes. But you know what? Most of you guys don't qualify for that. And you want to have an easy cop out. Yeah. That's the truth. A lot of you guys are sad because of your own bad decisions. And I want to say this because you said something profound, Andrew. Happiness is fucking earned, man. Yep. It really is earned. You're not entitled to happiness. You guys got to remember, since the beginning of time, people have lived miserable lives, yep. right? There's a reason why people would go into war and fight. Be like, yes, I'm going to die for my land. And they'd be excited to die because life sucked back then. Yep. Okay? So you have the opportunity in a luxurious world with technology, first world amendments, etc. And you motherfuckers want to sit there and complain about being sad when you have running water and electricity? It's true incredible absolutely not true and happiness happiness is the number one thing that must be earned and i'll tell you that my happiness is based on very real world achievements i couldn't be happy if i was broke i couldn't be happy if i was obese i couldn't be happy if i was lonely i couldn't be happy if i wasn't respected i couldn't be happy if i couldn't whoop a dude's ass i couldn't be happy in those scenarios so i made sure none of them scenarios came true i have earned my happiness via hard work it's the top of a mountain which i have climbed i deserve it i deserve to go to sleep with a smile on my fucking face and wake up between two bitches that's what i fucking deserve and every single guy who hasn't got it probably doesn't deserve it the universe is very giving and very fair. People seem to think that the world is unfair, and those are all the same people who tell themselves they're unlucky. I actually believe the opposite. I believe the universe is a very giving place. I believe God is a very giving being, and that thing, the world all in all generally balances out and is pretty fair. If you're the kind of person who deserves a good life and works their ass off and genuinely wants it and tries very hard, guess what you get 99% of the time? A good life. And if you're the kind of person who doesn't really deserve it, slacks three days a week, a little bit lazy, snakes his friends, talks behind people back, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? Your life ain't all that good. The universe is pretty fair and pretty balanced. I've yet to meet somebody who gets up every day, does what they're supposed to do, works hard, goes to the gym, then goes to work, does their best, makes their money, looks after it, is sensible, doesn't blow it, et cetera, et cetera, who then fails. I I've never met anybody who fails when they do all the right things. Mm. The universe is a very fair and giving place all in all. There are very few exceptions to that. So when I see somebody who doesn't have the success they want, especially when I see, let's say, a group of people who don't have the success they want, there's no way you're all exceptions to that rule. You may want something, but you certainly don't deserve it. And that's why you don't have it. There's a quote that says, you don't get what you want in life. You get what you deserve. So well said, bro. Absolutely. And, not really true. and I want to say this too, because again, a lot of people don't know you and they thought you made, you made this money on social media. But the reality is <laughs> you made this money literally years ago, damn near a decade ago. You were a multimillionaire. So right. you, don't, you really don't, people don't understand. You really don't have to do this. You already made your millions. But obviously you've become famous. You've exploded in popularity, Andrew. And we're happy for you because I, I said it before, you know, a tide that, rises raises all boats right and we're all in the same sphere here we're all helping the same demographic of guy so when you win we win and we're excited for it. and you know we've been, I've been we talk almost every day absolutely um but obviously that comes with some good bad and ugly yeah what would you say is a good bad and ugly of your literally astronomical right. rise to fame rise to fame yeah so uh what's the good the good is that i like i i get thousands of emails of people telling me how i've genuinely affected their life in a positive way and there's nothing bad that I can say about that. To know that I've made people's lives better is always going to be a good thing and something I'm going to like to read and hear. So that's certainly a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the, the good. That's the, the good is that I genuinely believe I'm helping people and it's good to feel that and it's good to know that. There are some other good things like there's there's clout and, you know, you can go to the celebrity parties, you get access, you get pussy, et cetera, et cetera. But like I said, hedonism is a black hole and I'm actually trying very hard to not even attempt to fill it up anymore because it's a waste of time. So that's <laughs> it, it is like, man, I, I could fuck 10 new bitches a day, but it just you get to a point where you one day wake up and go, you know what? I'd be just as happy just to just not reply to any of these girls mm -hmm. and you just stop.
Um, so that's, that's that side. The bad is certainly I'm, it's much harder for me to go outside anymore. I can't really go out. I can't walk the street. I can't go do normal shit without a security team. So you can't just go to the store. Can't just go. You can't just, I just don't go outside nearly as much as I used to, but it's annoying, bro. man, it's a headache. It's a headache. And in, in Romania, it's okay. Cause I've got the place on lock, but in most of the world, if I go outside, hey, top G, top G. And then you end up on Snapchat in a restaurant. And then there's fucking 500 people outside the restaurant. Yeah. It's crazy. It's And and I guess, like I said, at one point, I was the most Googled man on the planet. I was the most famous guy on the planet. And, and there's a security concern that comes with that. I don't like walking out to a crowd of 500 people by myself. Yeah. I don't like doing that. So uh, it's certainly harder for me to go outside. And also, I'm a lot more paranoid when it comes to women. I got a lot of girls who message me and want to meet me and stuff, but are they after a story? Mm. Are they recording shit? Yeah. Like it's, it gets harder. So in many ways, that's probably a contributor to my decline of hedonism in some ways. When I have thousands of girls trying to see me, but I'm, I'm looking at them all going, you're all just clout chasing. You, you, when I, when you stop getting clout from me, you might get clout from a fucking media story. It just gets a bit hard. So there are detriments, but I never really weighed them up before I became the most famous man in the world. I never really thought about it that way. I just tried my best to spread my message and help people. And that's what it is. And I'm, I'm very happy. It's been as successful and well-received as it has been. I remember there was a girl that posted a screenshot, right? Of a DM with you. Yep. And she messaged you first, yep. removed it. Yep. Little, you messaged her first, bro. That's so freaking weird, bro. Uh, bro, I, It became a thing on TikTok. So girls I had messaged for three or four or five months before I was even famous. Yeah. And they'd been messaging me back and forth that unsent all their messages and made it look like I was chasing them up and shit but but if you read it you can tell it doesn't make sense right you can tell that there's been a conversation yeah uh, because they want tiktok views now 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 i've stopped replying to them and now they want tiktok views they want clout so it gets to a point where you just you just stopped replying to them stop talking to them i had a guy say to me he goes man what's it like having like a big instagram you get all this pussy i said you know what if you have 50 50 000 followers about 50 40 000, and you look like a successful guy who's kind of low key. Chicks love that the most because they feel like they can pin you down. Yeah. Once you're too big with the blue check and you got the fucking Lambo and the Bugatti and the McLaren. And Why the are you yachts. single? Yeah. They're, yeah. They're <laughs> Why just, are you not with a girl? They're just like, well, he's gonna fuck. He's gonna fuck me once. So they it becomes <laughs> it becomes harder. It almost becomes detrimental. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, man. Since my Instagram got deleted, part of me is, is super relieved it, mm. because there's a huge degree of temptation on that that app. The whole app runs on envy and jealousy. That's the reason it's so successful. People sit there and scroll for hours looking at people who they believe have better lives than them. Yeah. And even though my life was fantastic, no matter how good a scenario I was in, if I was in Marbella, Spain, having the best time of my life, and my boy say, look this, check this out. And he sends me a story from, let's say, Mykonos in Greece saying there's a party over there. Maybe 1% of me would go, well, maybe Mykonos is better than Spain. Ah, fuck it. Fuel the jet. You get you get FOMO. But when you haven't got Instagram anymore, you just live more in the present. I like I ain't missing shit. I ain't missing a single thing. I'm so much happier without that fucking application on my phone. Wow. Wow. And, and have you been able to do a lot more work and get things done without Instagram? I or? was I was always good at getting things done. I was always yeah. good at ignoring it. So that wasn't the real problem. It's just the the temptation, man. Access, the, yeah. the, the, the access to dumb shit. There's some bitch here trying to see you. There's some <laughs> bitch here trying to see you. There's some party here. There's always something happening in the world. There's some bitch here, some bitch there. And then part of you is like, you know what, Tate? You know, maybe you should go fuck that bitch. Maybe you should go to that party. Maybe. The, and now it's gone. It's just like, you know what? I don't actually want to do any of them things. I've, since I've lost Instagram, I haven't once for a second sat there and thought, damn, those 400 bitches I was messaging. They, I really loved those conversations. That was so much fun. Now I'm just like, thank fuck I ain't talking. <laughs> now, now I'm just like, good. Like, I, don't, I don't care. I didn't care about any of it. But it's like when pussy's thrown at you or money's thrown at you or clout's thrown at you or parties are thrown at you, to a degree, no matter who you are, you're going to go, well, maybe I should 
Maybe yeah. I should go. Maybe I should be there. Maybe I should do it, you yeah. know, but without Instagram, a lot of that vanishes. And especially now that my relevancy has remained and retained for the things I say and the important mission, I'm just more dedicated to the mission than ever before. There's just less heathens to distract me. There's just less, less, uh, devil's temptations, bro. The, the devil can't send any harlots my way. It's fine. Life's fine. So you're being way more selective on the girls that you deal with now for obvious reasons. And I, I don't blame you, man. I mean, even myself, I've had to like, cause I, I've had that too, where girls try to put me on blast, whatever. And you know, I don't give a shit. I, you shoot, I shoot my shot, yeah. take an L it is what it is. But on your level, it's a whole other thing where these girls are really like that thirsty for attention. Oh bro. They're so thirsty for attention and, and they'll pretend they didn't message you when they did. And, or, or they'll, they'll, uh, it's even worse, right? Imagine you meet a girl, you can have some crazy stalker bitch. You can have a me too on some girl you don't want to date anymore. Yep. Even worse than that, you uh, at my level of wealth, I have to be f- extremely cautious. And I, when I bought the car I bought, I had to sit and go through a class discussing kidnapping. You can't just, you can't roll around the world having a Bugatti and being one of the most rich, accessible people on the planet. And 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 not and nobody out there consider kidnapping you or the people you love. Wow, mm. so that gives you a kidnapping class. Uh, they, they don't. They don't exclusively give you a kidnapping class. But let's just say that I ended up doing a class on kidnapping. Uh, and wow, uh, yeah. So and that's what happens at a certain level of wealth. And the, but the problem is, I'll tell you now from my experiences in my life that I've lived. If I have to get a guy, guess how I get him? Pussy. I don't. I don't message him and say where are you, bro? Because he's gonna know. I get. I say to my chick, you know, message this fucking dude. Tell him. Did it boom? Oh, you organized a date. Cool. Time, place. It's over. So I'm careful now with these girls when they're like, hey, let's meet here this day. I'm like, mm. actually, I got a roll up strapped now. Like, what kind of date am I coming in with an AR? Like, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's just not worth it anymore. Yeah. It's not worth it for a bit of pussy. It's not worth it. You know, I've got, I've got enough girls on my phone who I trust who I can call. I can take my 10 wives and settle down. It's fine. And you've had girls before this. I don't think people understand that. Like, this is, you, you made a lot of your money from dealing with women in the first place. You had a webcam business where at the height of it you guys were dealing with 70 plus women obviously that's going to teach you to be good with women because if you're dealing with girls to one level and then on top of that you're making money through it you got to be really good with women and how much would you say that prepared you for dealing with these groupies and crazy chicks now absolutely i've never been lonely and i've always had i've always had options so i've never been thirsty in that Mm. regard i've always had abundance and when you have abundance it's easy to say no and like i said yep like i said i i don't give a shit you can give me the baddest bitch on the planet the most beautiful girl on the planet. I don't care. I don't even know who she is, but she's out there somewhere and she could DM DM me on Instagram and I could look at her and go, wow, you're absolutely beautiful. But if she tries to meet me in a scenario that I think my, it's a setup or if she says something I really don't like, sorry, goodbye. Right. Fuck you. What is this pussy? It's sex. Who cares? It's a black hole. Hedonism is a black hole and there's, you can go down it forever, but you never be satisfied or satiated when you just go down the black hole of hedonism. There has to be a point where you wake up and realize no matter how much pussy I fuck, this hole is going to stay as large and black as it is now. And, and, and that's just the way the game is. And you get to a point where you finally just say, I know I can fuck girls. I fucked enough of them. And this is just not that fun anymore. It never ends. It never ends. So what am I doing it for is would you play a video game that never ended? Would you like, w- you want to complete the levels and complete the game. If the game just goes forever after t- 20 minutes, you're like, this is bullshit. It's just a game. That's the game of life. And I want to say this too, because I went on a rant about this and everyone got mad, but I'll just say it one more time. I'm going to give you guys a nice little cliff notes. As a man, your value is not determined by how many bitches you can have sex with. Your value is determined by how many other people's lives you change. And the bitches are a byproduct of the lives that you change. Correct. Okay. And what Andrew just displayed to y'all is that, listen, I'm on a bigger mission now. I'm here to help guys from putting guns to their mouths and nooses around their necks. The bitches, whatever. I was getting them before. It is what it is. And this is why I tell you guys so much. It's so important to have an abundance mindset. It's so important to have women in your life already that you know and trust so that when stuff like this happens, you can be focused. You have an abundance mindset. You're not going to go chase after girls that might have ulterior motives against you, the money that you've built up, your social status, whatever it may be. 
And, and you need to have that mindset, man. Your value is not determined by how many girls you can have sex with. Your value is determined by how many people's lives you can change. The bitches are the cherry on top of the cake that you've built through your hard work. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Not really, man. I say to people all the time, sex is a lot. To me, sex is like food. If you're starving, it's all you think about, right? Mm -hmm. But when you have a banquet in your house laid out permanently, and you've eaten from that banquet every single fucking day for years. <laughs> it's not very often you're going to look at the banquet and go, yes, let me have as much as I can. Let me stuff my face. You're just going to pick at it. Give me this. Give me this. I'm hungry. Comments. That's the game. And that's that's how it goes. And when you truly have abundance, and that's a healthy attitude towards it. That's how it should be. Big facts. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So um, I'll go ahead and hit the chats real fast because we got a bunch of them come in. And yo, we appreciate you guys. Actually, but, you know what? Let me ask another question while I set this up. Sure. I, go ahead, Fresh. I actually had a question. Go ahead, yeah, hit him with it and I'll set this up. Midstream. Andrew, what material is that? <laughs> Top G special, bro. Top G feel it. There you go. Top G special. Sheesh. Top G special. Listen, man. Top G material. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, no. no I'm, I'm pulling up. Go. Uh, so that was my question. Andrew, you know what? How about this? Because I wanted to I wanted to talk about oh, no, this. No, no, I got I got I got I got it. So Andrew, you came to Miami with Tristan a while back. Yeah, you did some war, war room events. Yeah, um, catching up with some people. Yeah, how was y'all party with us? How was the time with us in the studio? Give us give us your feedback about Miami and Fresh and Fit. Yeah. So first, you guys have the most professional studio in the world. Sheesh, bro, you guys are like fucking Don't, Marco Hollywood, Hollywood. You got everything there. It's really impressive to see. When I first walked in there, I was like Ross. <laughs> This is a real deal. That's Myron, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big G, Myron. So you you got an amazing studio. Obviously, the show is interesting. It's it's good. Miami is the best city in America, hands down. If mm -hmm. I had to live in America, I'd, I'd definitely certainly live in Miami. Mm -hmm. It does feel a bit godless to me. <laughs> it feels a bit empty. feels a bit vapious. Uh, a lot of America feels godless to me. I'm sure if I went to the hillbilly, the flyover states, it wouldn't. But mm -hmm. the, the major cities do. I live in a country where there's churches everywhere and you see families walking around holding hands and it's very traditionalistic and old school. And in Miami, it's kind of like, okay, hot ho, hot ho, hot ho. Okay, boat, boat, boat. Okay, it just feels a bit empty. I, I can't explain it. It feels like God kind of forgot it and said, let's ignore this city and see what goes down over there. Yeah. Um, and I will also say, I mean, I mean, obviously we ran out on the boat. It was a bunch of fun. Miami certainly has a bunch of hot girls. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think that one of the biggest differences between Western women and Eastern European women is that Western women have completely removed the stigma for sleeping with multiple men. They don't give a shit. And when that happens, they move on so ridiculously quickly. So like, <laughs> it's crazy. So like, if you sleep with a, a Eastern European girl, whether she's Polish, Romanian, Czech Republic, whatever mm -hmm. she's. And even if you break up within, she'll be home for two or three weeks, a little bit upset or sad, or she'll mind her business for a few months or whatever. Yeah. But these Miami girls, like I, the girls who I met out there and the ones I was talking to, whatever you check their Instagram story each day, a different <laughs> boat, a different dude's party each day, like each day, a dude, a new guy, they yeah. were just hanging around with. And I was like, well, they're probably getting banged by some of them. And they just move on. What within three hours, just onto the next it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's godless. G it's godless. Yeah. I don't know how else to say. I was just looking at it all just saying, where is the Lord? Lord, come save, <laughs> save these hoes. It was, it was we, crazy. We've coined the term as just your turn. So uh, we enjoy the moments and we, we move forward. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yeah, and the conquest of it is certainly not really fun. I, I get it. You're like, we're all men, right? We all, we go to the club, we bring a bunch of bitches, we take girls home. It's all fun. It's sport fishing, right? You, you catch the fish, you throw them away. It's all good. And it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly there was a point in my life where that was far more interesting to me. But like I said, I'm, I feel like I'm on a bigger path now. And I mean, if I be a beautiful woman and she's a nice person, of course, we'll enjoy a relationship or whatever, but I'm certainly not waking up each day and going, I need bitches. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not doing that. It's probably mm -hmm. the opposite. I'm waking up each day, looking at my phone going, Oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off 
So I'll hit these real quick. So guys, from this point forward, I'm only going to read 100 and up, but I'm going to go through some of these real fast. And like I said before, every single chat's going to be shown on screen, no matter how, whatever you donate. So real quick, and this is a good question here. I'm going to read the questions and answer the ones that like are going to help the most guys. This guy and the new 50 bucks. Thank you so much, my friend. He goes, Tate, can you please explain uh, exactly how to get over a breakup? I just went through a major breakup and you have never explicitly spoken about the topic. Sure, hmm. I'll talk about it. First things first is that going through a breakup sucks. And every single man out here, no matter what they say, understands how bad it is to go through a breakup and understands what heartbreak's like. It's difficult. It's not easy. I'd actually like to argue that men feel more heartbroken than women. I think that's facts. I think it's true. And I think it's because one of the possessive element that we have, the idea of the idea of her being with someone else hurts more than the idea of you being with someone else to her. And secondly, because you have a lot less options than she has instantly. So I think that breakups are worse for men than they are for women. And I understand how difficult and hard they can be. However, Unfortunately, the unfortunate reality is that chasing her and, and, and being dedicated to her and saying you're going to do whatever she wants, etc., is very unlikely to work. It's very unlikely to work. And you have to look at the scenario you're in, look at the chessboard and make the best possible move. When you're heartbroken, you true when you're truly heartbroken, you can't even sleep and your mind is constantly preoccupied. And instead of seeing that as a negative, what you need to do is use that as a source of unlimited power. If I was truly heartbroken today, let's imagine, and I could barely sleep, I'd be in better shape than I've ever been. I'd train like a fucking animal. You have to just take the energy inside of you. Energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be converted, mm. whether it's heat into light or uh, uh, momentum into friction or whatever, whatever you, however you want to put it, right? Energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be converted from one form to another. And you have to look at that and understand that the sadness inside of you is energy. You can't destroy it, but you can convert it into something else, which is constructive. And you just have to suck it up, buttercup, and get over it. Damn. And there's no other way to do it. And obviously, having an abundance of women makes that easier. But I wouldn't even put it that way. I'd say if you were with a woman and you lost her and you're now lonely and she's going to be moving on and you're absolutely not heartbroken and you're destroyed inside, I understand how difficult that is. But now you have genuine sadness inside of you, which is unlimited motivation for you to become a fucking beast, become an animal. And by the time you're finished becoming an animal, you won't care anymore. So if you really want to cure yourself, you can just say, I'm going to get a six pack and I'm going to get bigger arms. And by the time my arms are this size and I have a six pack, then I'm going to think about that bitch. And you'll realize that you don't give a shit about her anymore. That's just the way the world works. Damn, Mark. Well said. That, and I had to, that one was a good one because a lot of you guys are going through breakups right now and you care way too much about these girls. Use it as fuel to you know, motivate yourself to get to the next. And, and another thing that gives you massive, another thing that can give you a lot of hope is understanding is that her revenge on you is instant. Her revenge on you is running, getting on a boat and fucking five guys and going out to party and you're sitting at home alone. Her revenge is instant. Your revenge takes a little bit longer, but it's, yep. it, but it is a, but it is a better revenge overall. It takes like all good things in life. Good things come to those who wait. Good yep. things don't come instantly. Your revenge is going to be, be using that sadness, using that sorrow to become such an amazing man that she realizes she fucked up. Every single one of my exes realizes they fucked up. There's not a single person who's close to me whose life would be better if I wasn't in it. Every single one of my exes looks and goes, I wish I had top G still now. I just text my boyfriend my problems. He can't fix them, but Andrew fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here on economy, Tate's on his jet. I fucked <laughs> up. And so if you get to take that sadness and sorrow and truly become the man that you know you can become, then, you're, then you're, your victory comes. It's maybe a little bit delayed, but it's certainly not least coming, and you should be excited by that. You need to look that there will be a day where she regrets the decision she made. There will be a day where she understands that she fucked up and her life would have been better if she kept me. And I'm going to prove it to her. And yeah. That's what you have to do. You have to go do it. Yep. You have to create the regret, guys. I, yeah. And I think that's the problem. You guys got to understand. You must create the regret. That's right. You nailed it. All you right. have to go and you have to go and force her. You have to force her to feel regret by the magnitude of your actions. 
If you sit around your ass being being mopey, she ain't going to feel regret. If you text her, you're going to regret losing me, she ain't going to feel regret. You have to get up and attack the universe. And through the force of your monument, monumental achievements, it's the universe is going to create a massive sadness ball, a nice big ball of regret and dump it on her fucking head. You can do that. Yep. You know, you it's funny. Hit her with that spirit bomb, motherfuckers. You, you Make her feel. You better we, we go, right? All of a sudden, in five years pass, you're doing well, nice car, new apartment, maybe a better job. And she's like, her friend is like, yo, Susie, have you seen uh, a J- Jack? He's doing really well now. He's like, wait, show me his Instagram. Before you know it, she's like, damn. <laughs> I messed up. That right there is indirect uh, regret. Stupid. All right, so guys, I'm going to go ahead and kill all the streams here except for YouTube. So come on over to YouTube, type in Fresh FM. I'm going to kill Facebook, and I'm going to kill Twitch. Um, the next one here we got is um, we got, hey, Mr. Tate, is it still okay slash necessary for men to pursue an industrial job? I'm currently in college for industrial electrician. So basically a trade job. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the job. I, don't, I say to people all the time, when I talk about escaping the matrix, we talk about finances. There's a lot of way to make money. Firstly, there's a lot of ways to make money. There's a whole bunch of people in the trades who are making a whole bunch of money. You're doing real shit and real shit matters. It's easy for a bunch of internet kids to sit here and go, oh, e-com, e-com, e-com. Yeah, e-com. Guess what? People need to be electricians, dickhead, because if everyone was doing e-com, the whole fucking world would collapse. Facts. So you're doing something really important. When I say escape the matrix, I'm obviously be perspicacious. Keep your eyes open. Do not accept the slave programming. Do your very, very best at your job. Try and make as much money as possible. Try and progress within your career. Make sure that you do not adopt the matrix-minded drone think that they want from you. Be... Be awake and open to opportunities as you go through life. Make sure you build a strong network. Find other important people to network with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, you just told me I am doing a trade course to get a trade job. If you are dedicating yourself to something, then I'm absolutely not really proud of you as an individual. If you're trying your very, very best in school so you can try your very, very best in your job, then good. I don't give a fuck what it is. Good. The only way I'm going to say it's a bad thing is if you're not trying your best. And if you're the best at absolutely anything on the planet, you're going to be successful. If you're the best baseball player or the best fucking card tricks magician or the best yo-yo or you're going to get paid. So, the, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Just do it well. It's very simple. Bam. There you go, my friends. Um, and then real quick. So, Andrew, I want to talk about this. Um, you talk a lot about um, being mobile, not necessarily being tied to one location, being able to move at a moment's notice and creating freedom for yourself. Yeah. And with all the crap that's been going on to you, how important has that been more than ever? Mm. Yeah, Darwin said it in The Origin of Species, even though I am a Christian, I do not believe in evolution. He said that the most adaptable species survive. He didn't say it's the strongest or the fastest or the hardest to kill. He says it's the most adaptable, the one that can adapt quickest to a changing scenario, a changing situation. And I think it's the same for humans as well. The ones who are going to be the most successful are usually the most adaptable uh, and also the quickest. We live in a very, very fast world now where things are happening extremely quickly. And people who are slow or are slow to adapt or slow to change always get left behind and get wrecked. Think about the people who quickly adopted to, I don't know, Bitcoin, for example, or quickly adapted to selling things online or quickly adapted to starting their own YouTube channel. Being first, you'll do very well going first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so adaptation is extremely important. Speed's extremely important. And most people are living under constraints. And the largest constraints they have are obviously the order of society which is constructed by governments because governments need to know who's inside of their countries and who lives there and who travels of course they do why wouldn't they and if you have one government that's constraining you you lack adaptability if you have more passports and more bank accounts and more residencies and more driver's licenses and you have money offshore and you have all these kind of things and you're certainly a more adaptable individual i could get up right now and move to philippines and live there forever and go to my filipino bank account and get enough money to sit on a beautiful island for the rest of my entire life i could do that so that's adaptability. I have a choice. I have an option that other people don't have. And if you're under the jurisdiction of one government, then you're certainly not really very easy to pin down and control. 
And I think that the first thing you should do once you start to make money is understand, okay, I now have money. Now I need adaptability because adaptability gives me a degree of power. So I need to start thinking about how it's done. And it's not even difficult. The number of people I speak to and say, hey, bro, where are you from? Oh, I'm half Irish, half this. I mean, so you, how many passports you got? Oh, just one. Hmm. You're half Irish, bro. Do the ancestry thing. Go them, say ancestry, boom, ancestry, half Irish, and get your fucking passport. It, oh, it's a headache. If it's a headache, then hire a lawyer and pay him. Just do it. You, you don't even go do much. Sign three forms. Like you really think that having that one passport is good is enough. I don't think it is. I think you need more and more and more and be under, be on as many grids as possible. It's the best way to live off grid in the modern world. That's what I think. And I think if you didn't have that mobile presence yourself during this whole like cancellation, you'd have been screwed. Well, when they canceled me, they came for my payment processing. They came for my banks. They came for lots of different things, but yeah. let's say for example, example, Let's say I had banks and payment processing out of Singapore. Do you think the Sing- you think the people in Singapore give a shit about English speaking fucking cancellation media bullshit? No. Nope. Do you think they care about any of that? No. Nope. Do you think they even read it? No. So if I was perspicacious and intelligent enough to have set up an identity and a banking structure and a payment processing structure in Singapore years ago, I would understand that no matter what they put in the media in the English speaking world is not going to affect my money. I would know that. Right. I'd be a very smart man. Imagine how smart I'd be if I did that. Yeah. Fuck. That'd be a top G move. <laughs> top G move. That'd be a top G move. So <laughs> when you do those kind of things, you're preparing and understanding. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the liberal mob and I'm based out of California are going to come for me. You think if I go to Singapore and say, give me my 10 M they're going to be like anything other than yes, sir. Yes, Mr. Tate. Yes, sir. Here's your money. They don't give a fuck about this garbage. Mm-hmm. I prepared myself for a very, very long time for these things. And a lot of other people don't do that. And they sit around and just think, ah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's all fine. The, everyone thought it was fine when Noah was building the ark. They thought he was crazy, right? Yep. Noah's crazy. Noah's crazy. It's going to be fine until it starts raining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they're all knocking on the door. That's how it goes. You got to stay a step ahead. And this is another thing. We talk about the hedonism and how that's a black hole. The amount of time you spend texting bitches, you could have had yourself another passport, could have had yourself on sh- offshore banking, could have had yourself a bunch of foreign driver's licenses, a bunch of residencies. You could have been able to travel during COVID because you were a foreign citizen. Yep. You get banned from driving on one license and drive on another one. You could be above the law in so many ways. All you have to do is stop messaging that bitch and look it up online and fill in a different form. Like, But people are just distracted by the hedonism. It's a black hole. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, absolutely. And, and you got to be able to be mobile, man. And if anything, you know, the little uh, cough, cough situation that happened about two years ago, guys, showed that you you really can be enslaved anytime and you guys got to be able to you know cre- you got to create that freedom for yourself somehow yeah, so um real quick andrew because this really fucking bothers me and, and i can't believe it, like how stupid most people are and some people said some stuff about oh well andrew promotes grape against women he said that women need to bear some responsibility for sexual assault blah 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 can you please clarify for these low iq fucking people what you really meant by that, because there's way more to it and you explained it, but I want the people to hear from you, what you actually meant from that. Absolutely. I think that if we're going to live in a world where we believe men and women are equal, yeah, men and women are equal. I think under the law, they're equal. And we all sit in here saying that women and and men are the same. Then we should all have personal responsibility, Mm -hmm. not just the men. The women should have a degree of personal responsibility. Yes. And the point I was making is I'm not saying that all rape Ken, I'm not saying that rape is acceptable. The first thing is I'm extremely anti-rape. I think rapists should be fucking hung. It's disgusting. I'm more anti-rape than the law itself. What I'm saying is that a woman needs to wake up and understand that if she puts herself in a position where it's easy for something to happen to her, which is bad, that's not a very intelligent thing to do. And she must bear some responsibility for that decision. If I were to walk down the street with a million dollars in cash through Southside Chicago at 2 a.m. and got robbed, 
people would say to me, well, why did you do that, Andrew? Well, that was a very irresponsible thing to do. You should take some personal responsibility. Even the police would say that. Even the police would say, what the fuck did you do that for? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Whereas if a woman decides to get drunk with a guy she doesn't know, do drugs with a guy she doesn't know, then go back to his apartment without even alerting anyone where she's going and then something bad happens to her. No one says, why did you do that? And that's what they should do. They should say, yeah, we're going to get the guy. Yeah, he's going to be punished. Yes, what he did is unacceptable. Just like people robbing me is unacceptable. Stealing is unacceptable. It's one of the 10, it's one of the sins and the yeah, Ten, commandments. Ten Commandments. Nobody should Nobody should steal. Every nobody should fucking rape. We all agree on that point. The point I'm trying to say is that if I have a woman I care about, whether it's my daughter or whether it's a friend, whoever it is, I say you must protect yourself because there's evil people in the world. I'm not an idealist. I'm a realist. There are evil people in the world who do bad things. And the best thing you can do is take some personal responsibility and protect yourself as much as possible. If something still bad happens to you, that's very unfortunate. And we're going to catch him the police are going to catch him if he's lucky if i catch him he's fucked but the point i'm making is that some of these girls and obviously not this is not every scenario but some of these girls tell stories of the bad thing that happened to them and the scenarios they put themselves in are just fucking crazy what are you doing like did you, that just shows no personal responsibility for the same reason i wouldn't walk down the street with the million dollars in the middle of south side chicago I, yeah. I think that it's absolutely crazy that women think they should have no personal responsibility for their own safety at all. And they can run around and do whatever they want. And if anything bad happens to them, all men are the problem. There are evil people in the world. Yeah. And, and you have to understand that very, very well and protect yourself. I mean, it's common sense. If I had a daughter and she's going to go out into the world, I want to be ready for it, prepare for it. So I let her know, hey, you know what? Her, let's her name is Jackie. Jackie, when you go outside, you meet a guy. Make sure that he's safe. Don't go home him right away. Make sure who he is. Verify what he does for a living. Because like, you never know. The world's crazy, bro. It's really crazy. So Yeah, and that's the thing. We live in a world now where people are idealistic. They're not realistic. And you have feminists who will sit here and they believe the answer to rape is to reprogram the mind of every single male on the planet. They're going to sit there and say that the problem, the reason rape happens is because of toxic masculinity. What we have to do is we have to go into the school system and make everyone a eunuch, uh, sorry, everyone a, a eunuch and destroy masculinity as a whole and destroy their balls and fuck with every single male's brain to the point where they don't have, no one's going to get raped. One, that's impossible. It's not going to happen. Two, it's an absolutely ridiculous way to even view the world. We've been talking about not stealing since biblical times. Stealing has been wrong for 3,000 years. Yeah. The Quran says it. The Bible says it. Your, your teacher says it. Your parents say it. The TV says it. We've been saying it forever. Everyone knows stealing's wrong. And guess what still happens? Stealing. That is why you lock your fucking door. You protect yourself. You don't sit here and try and reprogram all of society. These people who are sitting here talking about toxic masculinity being dangerous are absolutely not really clinically insane. And I want to say this real quick too because this is what I've noticed about people that are super politically correct from the left, etc. They operate on should, could, and would. Guys like us that are based, a.k.a. based in fucking reality, we operate on what is. Completely. The reality is, is that there's a lot of bad people out there. Yeah. The reality is, as a woman, you can't win a physical confrontation with a man. The reality is, nine out of ten times, when a woman gets assaulted or whatever, it's by someone she knows, which means she put herself in a precarious situation to be even put in that situation. She's got to have some personal responsibility. We're not saying or condoning any type of violence against women. What we are saying is that we need to understand that there's a lot of bad people out there that will do things to women because they know that they're the vulnerable sex. And I'm telling you guys, Andrew's telling you guys, first telling you guys, women need to move differently because we're not fucking equal, okay? Women need to be protected, yeah, right? Absolutely, and not really. And, and it goes with all ways, man. I... I protect myself all the time. I just talked earlier in this stream about how I need security. Yeah. I don't like going out to groups of 500 people. I mean, I'm a G, but 500, I mean, that'd be a messy night. I'd get it done. 
but it'd be messy. You know, when you saw Neo fight all the, I don't want that going on outside my restaurant. I'm just trying to eat. Right. So, but my point is I'm very, very sensible and I understand in an idealistic world, I should be able to sit here and say, I can meet 500 people and no one should hit me because violence is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's great. But when they actually attack me, then what the fuck? That's not good. Is it? Yeah. You have to understand the realities of the world and the realities of the world are self-preservation and self-protection and, and, and everybody should be responsible to a degree for their personal safety, male or female. Yeah. No, absolutely. And the thing is, is that, and again, this is these weirdest, weird leftists, right? They're like, okay, I want, you know, I want the authority, but I don't want the responsibility. I want to be equal, but I want to be given special privileges. And that's just not the way the world works. And my thing is this, I inherently believe that men and women are different and, you know, uh, women should get different treatment than men, etc. And I think men should be the leaders and women follow. And the reason why men are the leaders is because we're phys more physical capable, physically capable and able to protect them from certain situations. And a lot of the times you're going to want your girl to observe certain habits so she doesn't put herself in bad situations. But we sit here and tell women, oh, no, it's OK. Do whatever you want. Like have zero personal responsibility. And uh, it's OK. Guys are going to be out there. No, there's terrible people out there. You need to know what the hell is going on. I'm going to have to tell my daughters this stuff. I'm not going to tell them, go ahead and fight a man out in the street. It's okay. And then she ends up on Worldstar getting knocked the fuck out. Like, no. Yep. Absolutely and artly. And, and that's what you do when you truly care about someone. You do your best to protect the them. truth. You tell the truth. And you do your best to protect them. And, and in the modern world, they'll say that's controlling. If I had a girlfriend who said, you're not going to the club by yourself. Or you're not walking down the street by yourself. They say, oh, Tate, you're controlling. I, I love her and I care for her. I don't want anything bad to happen to her. She's not fucking walking down the street by herself. That's Dan. Mm. She's staying her ass home unless I go with her. That's not controlling. That's doing what a man should do. And like you said, like in nearly everything else in the world, it's all been skewed, misconstrued. They've changed it. They're pretending that men are controlling for giving a shit. It's absolutely not really crazy. It's genuinely dangerous. And that's how you have the world we live in today, where men, are, the men who believe the programming, the men who are truly inside the matrix don't think they're even allowed an opinion. The men who believe the programming think that it's perfectly fine for her, for their chick to go hang out with all her male friends and sleep <laughs> around their houses. Like, it's 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 it's, wild. it's clinical it's clinically insane as future would say we live in the evil world um so andrew there's a law of success and there's many laws but one is called giving yeah uh, how important is giving giving back to people you would say for success that's a good question i think that karma to a degree is certainly real i think that uh if you live by the sword you die by the sword mm -hmm. i think that if you're giving to the right people you'll certainly reap the benefits of that it's not for me. The difficulty isn't giving the, for me, the genuine difficulty is finding people worth giving to, mm. uh, because a lot of people don't fucking deserve anything. <laughs> and that's the truth, man. I, I have no problems. If I found someone today who deserved a million dollars, I give it to them. But when I get emails from people who don't want to work, I lost my job. Can I have a million dollars? Well, no, you can't because even if I were to give that to you, you'd just be broke again and go back to being a retard, like go back to being a loser. You need to sit there and genuinely work and build on who you are as a man. So you can live a better life. So, yeah, giving is a fantastic thing. It's finding people worth giving to. Like I built a few orphanages in Romania because I believe that children are completely innocent. I don't see how that can ever be a bad thing to build orphanages. And I look after dogs for the same reason. I believe dogs have pure hearts and pure souls. Right. But um, and giving is a fantastic thing. But yeah, you have to be careful. So my my personal view when it comes to homeless, like if you're older, if you're old, or you're a female, I'll give to you. I'll give you some money. But if you're a uh, military age man, I don't care. I'm not giving you a penny. I don't believe there's an able-bodied man in the world who couldn't get a job if he really wanted one. I, I don't believe that. So, and I think that giving them is just enabling them and that's a negative thing. But yeah, giving is absolutely important. But for me now, the most important thing I have is not money, it's my time. Yeah. My, my time is worth so much more than money. Like I'd, I'd rather, uh, if, I, if I get asked to do something I don't want to do, I really don't want to do it for an hour, I'd rather pay 50 grand for someone else to do it. Like money means nothing to me, but time means everything. So. Right.
Yeah, especially in today's day and age, you know. Um, and thank you for being here, bro. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Yeah. I want to be here, so this is this is good fun. Yeah. Um. So, Andrew, real quick, with, with the crazy world that we're in, you know, people always say, "Well, you're an asshole and you're a jerk," and blah 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 blah. How would you raise your daughters and your sons in this growing clown world that we have nowadays, where men and women are the same, and we have 29, 30, 100 genders, etc.? How would you raise your kids in today's crazy ass world? Mm. It's a good question, man. It's hard because you're trying to put, you're trying to purport your worldview on your children. You want them to be replicas of you, but we're living in a world where they have more and more access to the matrix than ever before. In the days of old, your wife would stay at home. You'd go to work. And when you were at home, you were the man of the house. And when you weren't home, your wife adopted your mindset and she was the woman of the house. And the children spent a lot of time around you listening to you and how you think and how you feel. But now we have two parents, both have to go to work. The kids are left on their own, either watching YouTube and all its bullshit or going to school and all its bullshit. Like a lot of parents have very little influence over their children anymore. The matrix has influence over their children. The matrix is raising them. And it's difficult. You're going to have to create that. And you're going to have to sit there and spend conscious time and genuine effort to, to explain to the children that they're being lied to. I was very fortunate. I had the best father on the planet. And even at the age of 10 or 11, I remember sitting with my dad watching the news head to toe. And after the news was finished, my dad would turn to me and say, son, all of that was bullshit. So what do you mean it was bullshit? It was on the TV. Son, they, they lied to you. All of that was bullshit. So I was explained from a very young age that the TV's a lie and the news is a lie and they're all lying to you. But most kids don't have that, right? Most kids just sit there and they just absorb it all in their brains and the parents don't take any effort to try and change how they think. It depends how much you care about your kids and if you really care about your last name and your bloodline and your legacy. I know for a fact that when I'm gone, there will be another Andrew Tate on the internet saying the same kind of shit I'm saying about the Matrix. I know that because he will be my son. And there's no way I'm going to have my son raised to be anything else. My son will be a project in which I will instill the best things about myself will be a better version of even me. It'll be top G 2.0. I know that that's going to happen, but that's because I'm going to be having children specifically with the end goal of creating replicas of me to fight the matrix. When I have a son, it's not, let me just have a kid. It's like, okay, I've had a, I've had a child for a reason. And it's different, right? Some people start YouTube channels to mess around. Some people start YouTube channels to build something. It depends what you're having kids for. Grabbing kids for the right reasons, and you're going to make sure they resist the slave mind. How would you raise your son versus your daughters? My daughters will have an easier life. That's for sure. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. If I had a daughter, my number one concern would be her being happy. Mm-hmm. I just want her to be happy. Right. It, it, and I'll say right now, if I had a daughter and she was dumb, let's say impossible because of my genetics, but let's say I had a daughter. And she was, <laughs> if, I had, if I had a daughter and she was dumb, it wouldn't really offend me. I'd be like, whatever. Are you happy? You're laughing. Good. You're smiling. Yeah. If I had a son, he was dumb. No, sir. Yeah, no, that's a problem. You're not allowed to be stupid as a man. You're not allowed to be lazy as a man. You're not allowed to be incompetent on any level. You're yeah. Emory Andrew Tate. You have to perform as your father performed. So the burden of performance is going to be much higher on my son than it is on my on my daughter because the burden of performance on men is much higher than it is on women in society. I'm only reflecting Facts. society. I want them to be the best versions of themselves. Also, there's a degree of uh, progeny and there's a degree of bloodline and legacy that comes with a male that doesn't come with a daughter. Yeah. I'll raise my daughter to the best of my ability and I'll make sure she's as happy as possible. But eventually, sure, last name's going to change. She's going to belong to somebody else eventually. Right. I'm going to give her away at a wedding. With your son, it doesn't happen. So it's it's almost like a son is more of a project which is more serious and more hard work and a daughter would be more fun to have. When you have a daughter, it's all joy, smiles, and games and everyone's happy. But when you have a son, it's different. So if I had a three-year-old girl and she was crying over some dumb shit, I'll be like, oh, don't cry. Come here. Give me a hug. I'll oh, cheer up. Da-da-da. If I had a three-year-old boy crying over some dumb shit, <sighs> boy, I'm about to lock your ass in the cupboard. You better shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is, you're, you're a man now. You ain't crying over fucking whatever you're crying over. Right. So it'd just be a different experience completely. And, and let's boil this down from a biological level because what you just said right there is profound. The reality is this, guys. Competence is mandatory for men, yet it is elective for women. 
and competence is required for men to reproduce while for women it's elective because women don't need competence to reproduce and at the end of the day from a biological sense guys we're all put on this earth to reproduce so for a guy right think about it what only 40 percent of men's beginning of time have reproduced that should tell you right there that competence is highly required because they took the top 60 percent of guys or you no know, was it actually yeah no it was only 40 percent. so that means yeah. almost 50 percent of men have not reproduced so half the guys weren't good enough yeah. and all the women went to the that other 50 percent guys yeah. so that's the reality you must be competent as a man it's mandatory for you yeah and, and i can't imagine life as a man who wasn't competent but i know for sure it must be miserable it must be miserable. Mm -hmm. you're, you're a feather in the wind. You're just being blown by the tides of life and you're just getting knocked from place to place and you've handed all control of your life over to somebody else. And that, and there's they, those, those people who you've handed control over to, whether it's the government, whether it's your job, whether whoever it is, they care about you less than you should care about yourself. And it's, it's just a bad decision to make. You, you know what's sad, bro? I'll go to CVS. I'll go to like maybe McDonald's, something like that. Or I'll go to like a store. A little guy and I always need despair sadness he's at work doesn't want to be there and it's like how do you make that change ultimately they want to make that change for himself so it's it, it's just sad man it's really sad i got a question for you andrew sure um your worldviews are very unique and it's very obvious that you had a strong masculine figure in your life your father yeah and i want to know i want the audience to kind of know a little bit more about him we know but what can you tell us about your father? And what was the greatest lesson he imparted on you yeah my father was, was a disciplinarian but he was also extremely and utterly fair uh, there's no way he could be deemed unfair. There's no way he could be deemed abusive, but he was certainly a disciplinarian. That's who he was as a person. And he taught lessons harshly and quickly. It was more about the quality of the lesson than the quantity on a lot of podcasts. I've told stories about the time my head was shaved or the lunchbox lesson. I've told endless stories. If I went to my father and said, I'm, I stayed, I'll tell you a story. I've never told before. I was staying around my Let's friends. Do it. I'll tell him I'm staying around my friend's house. We've been playing Nintendo. We're about to go to bed. My friend was called Ryan. I remember. And Ryan started screaming at his mom. And white kids could always yell at their parents. Remember that shit? Facts, bro. bro if I did it. that shit, bro, Sudanese parents would be like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> F you, mom. My dad would have beat the shit out of me. So he gets to yell at his mother, mom, 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 nightlight. So she puts on this nightlight. I didn't hear. It was a Thomas the Tank Engine nightlight. I'd never seen a nightlight in my life. And Thomas saw, the Train. Yeah. I saw it get plugged in. And I was like, wow, a nightlight. That's a thing. I was like, why? What's that? He goes, it's a nightlight because I'm scared of the dark. I must have only been about five. I was like, all right, cool. I remember going home to my dad and saying, hey, dad, can I have a nightlight? He's like, no. I was like, but I'm scared of the dark. And I remember he was playing chess. He took to see, when I said I was scared of the dark, he looked at me. And it was nighttime. He took my ass up to my bedroom, locked me in the bedroom in the dark, said, there's monsters in there, son. Good luck. See you tomorrow. And I screamed and cried. And I'd never been scared of the dark before. I'd never been scared of the dark. But my, my, my friend had a nightlight. Now I want a nightlight. Now I'm scared of the dark. That I, I screamed and cried all night. I must have screamed and cried for an hour, hour and a half before I eventually fell asleep. Guess what? I never asked for a nightlight again. I never complained again. And guess what? I stopped being scared of the dark. Within mm -hmm. a day. Within a, That was Monday. Now it's Tuesday. I know what dad's going to do. So am I going to even ask? No, it's bedtime. I'm just going to go to bed. So he instantly cured me of my bullshit. I could have been scared of the dark for years. Like mm -hmm. every other fucking toddler. But I was just like, oh, well, you face your fear, get over it. I cried my eyes out and realized, oh, shit, I'm not going to die. It is what it is. So that's how he was as a person. And I think that's the best way to teach children. I cannot wait to have sons to do exactly that. I cannot wait for my son to come and say he's scared of the dark. I'm gonna say, Boy, you're going to the dark right now. There's monsters in there. Remember that movie you watched? Yeah, the goblins, the orcs, they're in there, son. Can you punch? Can you fight? No, Dad, can you fight? Ching. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's how it is. But that, that's going to make him the best version of himself. Yeah. And, and Andrew, we, we went uh, viral for saying, I've said it before that bullying is good. 
and it's needed, especially for men. Maybe not as much for women, but I think it's extremely important for a man, man's development. And because my dad used to, like grow, being an adult now, I'm 32 years old. My dad used to bully me now that I think about it, but it made me stronger so that when I got bullied by other people, I was able to deal with it versus like, because it's a controlled environment. They're not going to give you something you can't handle your own parents. Completely. It's small doses of poison. So that is the olden emperors of Rome. You see small doses of poison with every single meal. So then when they got poisoned for real, they didn't die. Mm. And that's it. If you're, if you're raised too soft, then you're not ready for the world. Like I had to face all my fears instantly all the time. That's who my father was. So now if I have a fear to face now as a man, my entire life, I've just faced them instantly. That's just who I am. That's what I do. Right. And we're all human. We all get scared. If, if five people pull knives on me and I know I can't run away and I have to fight, I'll be like, all right, shit. Well, I, I can't run. So the other options fight. Am I going to sit and beg? Well, they're obviously here to hurt me. Mm. So now it's on like, if that's just, that's just who, that's just how I was raised. I would never rob my son of the opportunity of growing up to being that man. There's something that's so brilliant. So it's, it's satisfying to your core. It's like an evolutionary adaptation. When you feel genuine competence as a man, there's something that oozes from you. Look at James Bond. The reason James Bond is James Bond is because he's good at everything. He can yeah. drive, he can fight, he can shoot. He's got all this money. He's smart. He's suave. He's, you know, he's a millionaire, whatever. That There's something that, about having competence as a man that genuinely satisfies your soul. How can I go to sleep and be sad at night when I know that I'm one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet? When I know there's not a single scenario in which somebody paired against me will be happy about the pairing. It doesn't matter what it is. If you were to go out there, I've never even, uh, let's choose something random. What do white people do? Like wakeboarding. I've never, <laughs> white people shit. I've never wakeboarded in my life, right? But if you were to go out there and choose someone else who's never wakeboarded before, and they said, you're going to have a wakeboarding competition. You're going to wakeboard against somebody who's never wakeboarded either. But if you lose, there's going to be serious consequences. But your, comp your competitor is Tate. Part of them's going to go, oh, fuck, why Tate? I've never even wakeboarded. They have no reason to fear me besides the fact that it's my last name and they know that I am indefatigable and perspicacious and that I am a feared opponent in any realm of human endeavor. I have absolute not or competence that runs through my veins. I do not fucking fail. And the world knows that. How can I be unhappy in this scenario? How can I be unhappy as this person, as this avatar to fucking attack the simulation? Mm -hmm. My father built me to be this man. I would be a terrible father to rob my son of that opportunity, which means if his ass has to go fight orcs, imaginary orcs in a darkened room at the age of two and a half, <laughs> then guess motherfucking what? That's what you're going to do because I'd be a shit parent to raise him any other way. Well, send the Marco for that one, my friends. And you know what? Speaking of which, someone here uh, gave a super chat. It goes, Andrew, somebody who didn't grow up with a father, I found paternal guidance through the example you and Tristan have shown. Thank you for your service to men worldwide. I'm working to afford the war room ASAP. And I want to talk about that for a second. And that comes from uh, KY Music. When you got your masculinity on point and you're a guy that you're, people look up to sometimes, you, I've always said that a strong father is a strong father through generations and through other people. And what I mean by that, his example will be felt from generations down the road and other people will be influenced by that same person. A lot of people look to me and say, Myron, you're like my older brother. I look up to you, etc." You guys aren't really looking up to Myron. You guys are looking up to my dad. I would. That's who you guys are looking up to. That, that's who I emulated. And that's why it's so important to have a father because if you have a strong father, not only will he guide you, then you become that man and other people are going to look to you and you can guide those people. So one strong man can literally change generations of other families if he's strong enough. And that's what you're doing, Andrew, as well. You and your brother came from a strong father, and you guys have been able to impart that wisdom, that strength, that um, ability to not be fatigued through bullshit. And yep. people are learning from it for the guys out there that don't have fathers or big brothers. Absolutely. And 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 it's a natural state of being for a person who's confident with themselves and knows that they're speaking the truth. And also it pleases God and it pleases the universe and it pleases the world. And that's what I'm here to do. I don't I do not see the advantage 
in in me taking all the amazing lessons I had and the fantastic lifestyle I've built and keeping it all completely and utterly for myself and disappearing. That's what a insecure person would do. That's what a sad person would do. I'll give an example. If I meet a rich guy who's like a fat, short dork, he never wants to tell people how to get rich. Have you ever mm. talked to like a fat, short dork guy who has a bunch of money and you ask him how to make money? Oh yeah, well, he'll give you some bullshit answer because he knows the only differentiator he has is money. That's all he has. If other people make money, now he ain't got ah. shit anymore. <laughs> Whereas me, I'll tell the whole world how to get rich. I don't give a fuck. You can get as rich as you want. I'm still top G. Right. I don't care how much money you have. I'll smack you up. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference to me, right? So when you genuinely are happy within yourself, you're you're prepared to help other people. I want everybody watching this stream to be as confident and fantastic with women as possible. Do you think I give a shit if the 16,000 people watching this all become Casanovas? I'm, you think I'm going to be walking around thinking I'm getting no pussy? You think I'm scared? I, I love helping the world because right? I have genuine happiness within myself. I want every single person watching this stream to be as successful as possible. I talk about this all the time. One of the things that differentiates the people who listen to me and like my content and fans of mine, as opposed to my enemies or my opponents, is that the people who listen to me genuinely have better lives. Yeah. I want somebody to walk through life and them to go, look, his life's in order. Look, he's in fantastic shape. He's rich. He's confident. His head's held high. He must be a Tate fan. That's what I want. I want as many of my fans to be as successful as possible. That's why I have the things I have, the programs I have, and sell the things I do because they're all completely and utterly dedicated towards the success of the people who understand my message. I'm not trying to detriment on anybody who believes in me. I want Tate fans to be the most capable, well uh, put together, the most uh, financially literate fans on the planet. Let all my enemies be the depressed ones. Oh, okay. The depressive crowd and the multimillionaires. Well, which team are you joining? Like yeah. I'm out here to help as many people as possible. And I think it's a, a fantastic badge of honor for me to sit here and say that my fans are some of the most, uh, some of the most financially literate, well-off, educated, charismatic men on the planet. That's what I want for a Tate fan. I don't want anything else. I want the best for every single one of them. And yeah. by default, you're building a network of guys that can fight the matrix and stand on their own. Absolutely. By default, I now have large groups of men who are extremely competent, who I'm close to. And that's mm -hmm. what I want. Right. The, the crazy thing about life and the crazy thing about war, it's always been the same. Getting money and getting status is absolutely not really important because without those things, you're going to end up at the bottom of the ladder. Even if you're on the right team, you're going to end up at the bottom of the ladder. Right. So if let's say a country, whatever it is, America were to conscript right now and go to World War Three, if you have no money and no real skills, you're the dude who's in the trench getting blown up. You're the fucking cannon fodder. You're the guy walking over land mill landmines to clear them out. But if you're rich or intelligent or have unique skills, then you might be the engineering corps or you might be an officer or you might be something else. Right. So even in the worst possible cases, even the idea of World War Three and mass conscription. Having money and status and skills are still going to save you from ending up being the guy in the foxhole just getting blown to fucking smithereens for no reason. You always have to be that guy. So you always have to be upgrading and improving yourself. I'm telling you now, there is not a military alive that would conscript me and allow me to go die as a fucking GI nobody. They'd say the way he can motivate people, this motherfucker's an officer. We can't let him die. We can't let top G die. That's bad for the morale of the army. But they, they'd protect me. They'd say, put top G in the fucking somewhere safe. I'm like, no, nah, I'll go out the front line. I'm like, no, sir, you're too important for the front line. And that's because of the man I built myself to be. And it's been that way since the dawn of human time. You can protect yourself against the worst possible scenarios in life that can possibly happen to you by just becoming a man of genuine competence and skill. And, and that's why I don't understand how these men are, are just waking up each day and not trying to do exactly that. It's crazy. Mm. Ani, speaking of military, great, great question here. And I think a lot of guys can learn. Guys, I'm prioritizing questions that guys can actually learn from and become better from. And this one's a great one. He goes, 100 bucks. Andrew, I'm in the Army. My best friend drowned two weeks ago. Broke my heart. I had to speak to his mother. We were both 20 years old. Every day I was progressing our relationship similar to your brothers and sense of brotherhood life. 
uh, felt vapious. How do I deal with grief of my closest friend passing away? Well, what does your closest friend want for you now that he's gone? If he was alive for an hour and you could talk to him, what do you think he'd be telling you to do? Would mm, he be telling yeah. you to sit around and be sad? Would he be telling you to give up? Or would he be telling you to obviously speak to his mother, talk to her, stay in touch with the family, and be as fantastic as you possibly can? He'd be telling you to keep his memory alive. And what's amazing about being a fantastic person is that people are interested in your origin story, and that allows the people who you care about to live forever. The reason my father is discussed so often on the internet is because I'm so fantastic and people want to know about my upbringing. We just talked about it. Yep. I keep my father alive through my absolute competence and individualism and exceptionalism. My father lives forever through me. If I was Joe Schmo, who would be asking me about my father? Yep. Fucking nobody. Mm -hmm. So if you want to keep your best friend alive and he had an impact on your life, then you need to go out there and become the most fantastic person ever. So you, when people give a shit, because nobody's going to give a shit if you aren't fantastic, when people give a shit about your upbringing and the life you've lived, you can talk about your best friend and the experience you had and how his death affected you. If you go out there and become fantastic, then he gets to live forever. If you get to stay, a, if you stay a nobody, then he doesn't. So if you truly give a fuck, then you know what to do. And it's actually amazing. Man. It's, no, but it's true. And it's actually amazing. The answer to 99% of questions or conundrums or scenarios that people come up and ask me, 99% of the time, the answer is work harder. My girl left me. What do I do? Hit the gym. My friend died. What do I do? Become exceptional. I'm sad. What do I do? Train. Like the answer is nearly universal. Yep. It's always working harder is never going to not help. No matter what scenario you're in, working harder is never going to not help you. And it, it's amazing that I give different versions of the same answer for 99% of the questions I'm asked. Work harder. If you have a problem, whether you're broke, whether you're out of shape, whether your fucking friend dies, whether your girl leaves you, whether you're depressed, whatever it is, working harder is almost always the answer. So you know what you need to do. And you need to do it. And what's amazing, again, it's kind of like the antidote. If you take the antidote before the poison, then you never get sick in the first place. If you're always working as hard as possible, if you're always working your ass off and trying to be the best version of yourself every single day, then you never get sick in the first place. You're already working. You're already taking the antidote. So things can't get can't uh, attach to you. They can't get hold of you. If, if, if my best friend or the worst thing that could possibly happen is my brother or anything happened to them, I know they'd live forever because I'm already amazing. I get to keep them alive forever because I'm already amazing. I've already done the work. I've already taken the antidote to the poison. So if you're working as hard as possible all of the time, then you already have all your answers before the problems even appear. I was working my ass off before the Matrix canceled me. And then the Matrix canceled me and I continued to work my ass off. And here I am more famous than I was before the cancellation. Why? Because I already had momentum. I already had speed. I'd already taken the antidote to cancellation before they fucking hit me with the poison. Mm -hmm. Working hard is the antidote to everything. So why don't you just do it in advance? Why don't your life just become work like mine? Why don't you just dedicate yourself to a cause and fucking get up and do what you're supposed to do every single fucking day? If you do that, there's very little weapons that the Matrix can forge to attack you with it's genuinely true speaking of your brother uh he sent a super chat in yeah is that was that i didn't see uh tom oh uh tristan we've got reservations at 21 30 shout out to tristan say in the fucking chat man about 15 minutes we gotta we gotta go yeah all right cool so um and guys, there you go. You got it right there, man. Like it, your job as a man is to create a legacy. So people actually have something to remember and keep your name alive. And if people can't keep your name alive after you pass away, you didn't go hard enough when you were on this earth. Um, real quick, Andrew, what? You want to do a fire round? No, actually, and then I'll do fire round. Okay. Um, why is competence with women so important? Competence with women is important because you're always going to end up doing crazy shit for the thing you don't have. If you don't have food, you're going to end up giving up your car. You're going to end up giving up all your money. You'll even give up your house for food at some point of starvation. And if you have no pussy, it's the same thing. 
If you have nothing that you, it's a, it's a, it's a biological desire. It's born inside of you. And if you are starving to death, you don't give a shit about anything else, but getting some food. If you are not fucking nothing, you don't give a shit about anything else, but getting some pussy. And then you're not going to have any kind of boundaries. You're not gonna be able to set any kind of rules. You're not gonna be able to keep yourself respect. You're not gonna be able to worry about your finances or preparing your prenup or looking after your house or maintaining your relationships with your friends. You're not going to care about any of that because you're so desperate to get that one thing because you have none of it. That's the basics of human nature. Whereas if you have a bunch of it, you get to have it in a healthy atmosphere. If you don't have any food, you're going to attract food unhealthily. You're going to do unhealthy things to get food. If you don't have any pussy, you're going to do unhealthy things to get pussy. But if you have abundance of it, you're going to sit there and go, yeah, I want pussy, but I'm not going to compromise my relationship with my friends. I'm not going to compromise my finances. I'm not going to compromise my mission. I'm not going to compromise going to the gym. I don't give a shit if she wants to go to the club. I want to go to the gym. I'm not going to compromise my body and my health for this bitch. I'm going to do what I want to do first. And she's going to come second. That's a healthy relationship with girl that's why having competence and abundance with all things we talk about pussy but it's the same with money you're gonna end up snaking out your friends for money if you can't make money yeah. you're gonna end up doing dumb shit for money if you can't make money you end up robbing a bank and getting shot you need to have competence in all realms because it allows you to establish hard barriers and allows you to establish firm parameters in which you can operate and have a healthy relationship with these things because you need these things we all need food we all need pussy we all need money etc but you don't want to sell your soul to get it you want to stay true to god and that's why it's so important to be competent i always say if I had friends around me all the time, I prefer friends that are hungry and not starving. Because if somebody's starving, they'll do whatever it, ta- whatever it takes without principle. Yeah. If someone's hungry, you know what? They can they can go a day without eating, but starving is dangerous. Completely. So. Desperate men are dangerous. It's yeah. always been the same. It's the most desperate men alive that's going to stab you for your fucking shoes. Desperate yeah. is dangerous. You need to avoid desperation at all, ca- all costs. If I find a man who's desperate in any regard, whether it's pussy, money, anything, desperation is scary to me. I don't like it. I don't like it around me. They can turn at any time. Mm-hmm. They're very easy to bribe. Yeah. If a man's starving, it all takes a piece of cake for him to kill your ass. You better be careful. Thanks. I don't want to say this too. Integrity, guys, is rooted in competence. If you know that you can go ahead and achieve it, you don't need to snake your friends out for it. That's why I tell you guys it's so important to be good with women. Get your money up, etc. Because when you meet other guys that are in abundance, you're naturally going to attract each other. Pause. Yeah. Right. We hang out with like Justin, with Andrew, with Tristan, etc. They're able to, to see from us. Hey, we're bunny guys. We got our own girls. We don't need to snake you guys out of your girls. Hey, we make our own money. We don't need to try to snake you guys out of your money. And when you're able to do that it becomes a lot more genuine and you're able to do what adhere to integrity. Well, a lot of guys, if they, you don't have your confidence on point, what do you got to do? You got to snake people. You got to scam them. You got to do some bullshit to make money. You got to cheat and cut corners. And that will always lead you to failure down the road, man. So yeah. um, go ahead, fresh fire on uh, Andrew. You ready for this? I'm ready. I don't know. What's a fire site. Quick questions. Yeah. All right, cool. So watch him left or right. My, my watch is on my right hand. Why? Because the left goes first. The left fires first. I don't want to smash it up. Let me smash his jaw. Try and preserve the watch. If I have to throw the right, then it is what it is. Okay. okay. Blonde or brunette? Blonde. Why? Because I think Barbie is the ultimate archetype of female beauty. I think that everybody knows the idea of a Barbie doll is the most beautiful version of a female. I don't buy into that whole Latina crap. No, give me a Barbie doll. That's what I'm I'm interested in. Give me What? No Latinas? Give me a nice Ukrainian Barbie doll. With blonde hair and big tits and a perfect body and high heels and a little short skirt and doesn't talk very much. That's exactly what I think is the absolute archetype of female. Come on, man. Barbie's Barbie's Barbie Barbie's Barbie for a reason, G. Okay. Lamborghini or Bugatti? Bugatti's Bugatti, bro. Bugatti. If it's if it's comparable, it's not Bugatti. That's what they say. Okay. Dinner or coffee? With a chick, coffee, hundred percent. Dinner is a bit formal. 
and eating ain't that attractive a thing to do. And also it's hard to bounce if she's annoying you. Coffee, you can just make excuses. You can be very polite. I like the idea. Even if I go on a date with a girl, I don't like her. I don't like ending it negatively. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Something's coming up. I, I really nice to meet you. I try and be very, very polite, but I get the fuck out of there. Time's important. Okay. Gucci, Louis Vuitton. Don't give a shit. It's about, it's about the man underneath. And I think that one of the coolest things about being a man is that, I mean, me, I'm wearing a shirt now, but 90% of the time, especially if you follow my vlogs on Rumble, Take Confidential, mm-hmm. you'll notice I wear the same, I wear a black t-shirt and they're like $3 and I've got a hundred of them, the exact right size. And it's, it looks good on me because of my build and physique. So I think that if you build yourself into a G, then it doesn't really fucking matter. Last one from me, Ryu or Dalsim? Oh, bro, that's hard. <laughs> you know what? I like Ryu, but Dalsim is the ultimate G because if you watch the win quotes, if you read the win quotes from Dalsim, he has some genuine knowledge in there. Mm. Dalsim's win quotes will teach you shit. Uh, I think one of them, my favorite one is, my fire was just an illusion. It burnt you because you believed it was real. Sheesh. And I watched, I read that when I was a kid and I thought, how, that applies perfectly to the things I was just saying. Mm. What did I say about believing in things and how they can damage you? Saying all along, my fire was only an illusion. It burnt you because you believed it was real. Dalsim's a G, bro. Dalsim knows shit. So I, when I read that win quote, I started reading all his win quotes, and they're all absolutely not really true, and I liked that. So Dalsim's the OG. Damn, fire. Uh, Solfis goes with a really good chat here. Uh, thank you, Andrew motherfucking Tate. In two years' time, you took me from a lonely, depressed alcoholic who sat his dad passed and let a woman abuse him to a soldier in the army with a beautiful woman who respects him. I owe you everything. Don DeMarco. Don DeMarco. My friend, because... <laughs> They're not going to say that, right? Your detractors aren't going to say, oh, yeah, Andrew Tate's saving lives and keeping guys from putting nooses around their neck. They're going to just say he's toxic and he's influencing the youth or whatever. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that, man, to the people out there that criticize you and say you're influencing the youth and making them say crazy things to teachers like, what's colors your Bugatti and all this other stupid shit trying to paint you as a a devil? Yeah, I think I'm in the middle of a uh, redemption story. I think this is a hero's arc. I think if you watch... The Bible's very familiar with it. Superhero movies are very familiar with it. Everyone thought Batman was crazy. The police wanted to arrest Batman. Nobody wanted Batman. Batman's bad. And then it gets to a point of degeneracy amongst Gotham where they look around and say, you know who we need? Batman. Batman. So I'm misunderstood right now. The people with a brain understand me, but the people without a brain misunderstand me currently because people without brains are very good at misunderstanding things. But (laughs) God has a plan and the redemption arc is going to be beautiful. And soon the world's going to understand that I'm a force for good. All of them. Even the people now who are so hate-filled and bitter and small-minded that they somehow believe I'm a negative force, they're going to soon learn that men like me are absolutely not vital. And I hope they learn in a favorable environment. The unfortunate reality of history is that most of the times that strong, dominant men have been respected are in times of chaos. If World War III comes, they're going to want men like me. They're not going to want the fucking feminists. They're not going to want the male feminists who's scared to fight. They're going to want men like me who are going to protect them. And it's kind of interesting that the way the world is going and my true core belief in the fact that I know my redemption arc is going to happen and it's going to be a beautiful story. I just hope it happens in times of peace and not times of chaos. That's my only concern. I got one thing to say. If you're an Tate hater, stay over there. <laughs> And I also, I, I want to say this too, because we talked about virtue signalers and weak men that, you know, aren't going to do anything. I got to ask this man, KSI, Logan Paul, what the hell's going on? Oh God. Yeah. So yeah. So KSI, KSI did an interview where he said he knew I'd smoke him before his fight. Then he beat up two nobodies and now he thinks he can fight. And then he said, he was, <laughs> then he said my name after the fights, along with his true Jordy was there. Who's a, a cock who begs for dildos up his ass, by the way. Facts. <laughs> in case you didn't know exposed Stupid. yeah but um ksi said my name and then i started getting in conversations about fighting him and then he came out and said now i'm too heavy now i'm too big he doesn't want to fight me look ksi doesn't want a real fight and and to be honest with you 
I'll be completely fair because I'm a professional. I don't get emotional about these things. If you can fill an arena beating up idiots, why fight someone for real? Mm. Why? Like, I mean, he can fill yeah. in, he can and fill, make the money too. He can make he can make a bunch of money and fight nobodies with zero risk. So why take the risk of getting your face smashed up badly and having all of it ended? Right. So True. that's what he's doing, right? Logan's an agent of the Matrix. Logan sold his soul <laughs> completely and utterly. He's uh, in dis- yeah, he's a disingenuous individual. He's a liar. He says anything he's told to say because he's a poster boy for the Matrix. He's genuinely, he's literally an agent. That's who Logan is. Uh, I have no, I dislike Logan on a personal level because he sold his soul. Jake, I have no problem with really. KSI, I don't even have a problem with. KSI is a bit simple, a bit stupid, but I don't have a problem with the dude. Yeah. Logan's genuinely, I think, a uh, hypocrite and hypocritical people are always dislikable. Something treacherous about just about hypocrit- hypocritism. But um, yeah, whether I, whether I fight Logan or not, this, there's conversations that are currently ongoing in the background. Let's put it that way. But I'm the A side here, right? Nobody gives a shit about Logan. Everyone gives a shit about me. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to see me fight. No one gives a shit about him fighting. I'm the A side. I'm the one with the career. I'm the one with the more views. I'm the one with the more fans. I'm the one who's going to fill the stadium and I'm going to have to be rewarded as such. Not because I need money, but because there's no way I'm going to allow him to walk away with a bunch of money and a broken face. He's going to walk away with a broken face and less of the money. And I would absolutely not really destroy him. And I think he knows that. I mean, I mean, he's on, he's, I, th- I think he's on a bunch of steroids and he does a bunch of cocaine and he's arrogant enough to think he maybe stands a chance because he's a big dude. He's my size, but he doesn't know the real game. I guess a real fire. He fought Mayweather, bro. Mayweather's tiny and, and Mayweather's an OG, but he's a tiny retired guy. When you're fighting someone your own size, who's been around the block. He ain't got nothing. What's gonna What's he gonna surprise me with a punch? He got no hands. Bro, it's my whole life. It's the dodging punches. <laughs> Gee, you think I? You think I don't know what's gonna come? A left or a right, my friend? I, I don't worry about that. So I'll make sure that if I destroy him, I'm gonna destroy him absolutely and utterly. He's gonna walk away without the finance. He's gonna walk away with a severely damaged physicality, severely damaged mindset. It's gonna be an extremely bad night for him. It'll be pivotal in his life path, and he's gonna wake up wishing he never accepted. Bam. So we're in conversations. And Don DeMarco. Don DeMarco. And, I, and I want to say Don this real DeMarco, quick, too, because DeMarco. you always learn someone's character when, you know, the roles are switched. If he got canceled, I know you wouldn't do a hit piece and say, yeah, he should have been canceled. Never. If, if, yeah, if Logan you would have been like, why, why are we canceled? Yeah, people? if Logan got canceled, I'd say nobody should be canceled. Everyone should have a point of view. Even if I disagree with what he says, he should have a point of view. If Logan got canceled, I would stick up for him. Absolutely or not. But he's just a fucking agent in the Matrix. And this is what happens when you sell your soul for clout and money. He sold his soul and he's so scared of getting canceled. He's going to sit along and purport all the negative, all the negative bullshit that's happening in the world today because all he cares about is his own little YouTube channel. He doesn't care about the bigger picture. He doesn't care about his children's children. He doesn't care about the truth of resisting tyranny. He doesn't care about any of that. All he cares about is his own little YouTube channel because he's selfish and he sold his soul and he's scared of getting canceled again because last time he did, he cried his eyes out. Yeah. So he's a little bitch. Stupid. He wants to stay relevant. Yeah. So uh, and that's how you you got a virtue signal, man. Um yeah. so Andrew, what is uh what's up in the future, man? What do guys got to do to fight back against the matrix? Yeah, I think the number one thing that you can do as a man is just to get your life in order. It hasn't got to be that complicated. Just be the strongest, most honorable, best version of yourself. Don't be a bad person. Be a good person. Tell the truth. Be honorable. Protect the people that you care about. Be polite to everybody. Make as much money as you can. Go to the gym. Get in good shape. Find other guys who are on the same mission as you. That's what you need to do. And by doing that in and of itself, you're automatically going to be a beacon of resistance. Even if you don't do anything or say anything, just being a person who has his life in order, who's not struggling within his own mind, who's not depressed, who's not sad, who has other people on the same mission, same path as him, that's going to make you a beacon of resistance. And I often say in all my podcasts as well, how important it is to find other people on the same mission as you. That's why I have the war room. If you go to cobratake.com, you can talk to the live chat agents. They're there 24 hours a day, or you can join the war room instantly. And you can talk to them and understand that being part of a group of men who are all on the same mission makes you insanely and instantly powerful. And we're men who want to be men. We're not apologetic about that. We're good people. 
We're honest, polite, hardworking people who protect the people we love. We care about them. We make sure that we are a positive influence on the world and, and the families who are around us. And, and by doing that in and of itself, we're, we're resisting the matrix. And I want to find as many people on that path as possible. And we welcome all of you inside the war room. You can get more uh, information at CobraTape.com. The top Jeep, Mr. Producer. We are fresh and fit. Uh, we got to go ahead and run, guys, because uh, Tristan's getting <laughs> he's getting antsy. We got to hit the club and Can do some wrangling. Can we exit with Mr. Producer song? Oh, you know what? We're going to go ahead. And I'm the as producer, so this was for me. This is <laughs> for my damn it. <laughs> so guys we're gonna exit with the mr producer like the video, like video. something rumbles follow, yes well. yes follow taste speech on rumble guys yeah he's a close friend of ours guys support him as much as you support us man guys we're fighting back against the matrix the three guys here at the table are leading the fucking charge along with sneeko so guys help us support us like the goddamn video subscribe to Tate speech join the war room and we'll catch you guys in a little bit man when we get back to the states we love y'all peace peace Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.